my breasts are more empty now. Tits. Tits. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. But yeah, feel free to have more shots of whiskey, whatever you need. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so thanks for coming on the show. Tell everybody who you are and and just whatever you want the audience to know about you. Okay. Well, my name is Riley. Riley Don Troutman is my maiden name. Now I'm Foreman. Um, yeah, we had your husband on the show not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Be a man. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and I, as a disclaimer, and I, I just, well, I asked you I was, I was like Ammon let's it's time let's do a podcast yeah <laughs> the time has come yeah the time has come <laughs> I was like oh I didn't I, okay and yeah. so I've secretly been wanting to do a podcast with you for a while and uh but just like I'm like oh, like I don't live this life of ambition like great ambition at least when, when it comes to business you know mm. um but then you listen to the podcast you're like oh he doesn't talk about business yeah. at all <laughs> I was like okay you've, you've interviewed like my family like jesse twice jasmine twice jeremy once and i was like it's time and if you don't just reach out and grab life by the balls then you just yeah. have a hand with no balls in it so. <laughs> <laughs> what a boring life yeah. we all need some balls <laughs> yeah. i didn't know that you even listened to the show until yeah. you reached i mean i kind of i guess figured mm -hmm. since yeah. jeremy came on but I just didn't put two and two together. I've meandered in and out, like some, you know, like selective listening, like. Yeah. Yeah. If a, if a topic interests you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's really, uh, I, there's a podcast I have always really liked called The Moth. And it's, you know it? Yeah. It's just like a good documentation of like the human experience. And I don't know, like sometimes I feel like your podcast focuses on, uh, ambition, but sometimes I feel like it's just like the human experience, which I think is really valuable to share. And yeah, I think yeah. so too. Uh, it used to be kind of more photography based and just my business based, uh, but it's evolved into yeah, just like the human experience and relationships specifically. Mm -hmm. And that can look like anything. Relationships can be with other people. They can be with pets. They can be with substances. Mm. Yourself. Yes, <laughs> that too. So yeah, I just like to explore it. And yeah. I think the epitome of that for me in the, in the show was when I interviewed that guy, the polyamorous guy. Mm -hmm. Like that was such a unique type of relationship that I had never explored before yeah. in conversation. Mm -hmm. And so talking to him, we talked for like two and a half hours about, it felt like an interrogation. Just asking him like, how do you do this? How do you have the energy? How do you have the time? Yeah. How do you have the Emotional Libido. capacity. Yeah. <laughs> It it, yeah. de it definitely, it seems like it's like a trending thing or just, you know, more people are becoming more open to that lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see the ways that it's convenient. Like, I can, you know, like monogamy isn't like always easy or like we live True. so long, you know. Um, but I also see how messy it would be, you know? Well, there's conveniences in it because when you're with one person mm -hmm. for so long, you start to like doubt what they say or doubt mm -hmm. the validity of their words sometimes because mm -hmm. you're like, they're just, they're obviously going to say mm -hmm. that, or you can almost predict what they're going to say. Um, but with another person, like another partner, 
Mm. It could kind of be like a like a second witness to like your shitty behavior or something mm-hmm. like, Oh, actually maybe I do need to change. Yeah. It's not just my one partner that's saying it. It's two. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, that was the one main benefit I took away from that conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just so messy, so complicated. Yeah. So, yeah. I really want to read the book mating and captivity. Oh, I've read that. Yeah. It's great. You liked it? Yeah, super great. Yeah. I loved it. I read it while I was in captivity in 2020. <laughs> nice. So what did <laughs> you get from that house. book? I'm curious. Uh, it's been a minute since I read it, but... Oh, gosh. I just remember it being really eye-opening to different mm-hmm. dynamics and different ways of thinking about relationship. I wish I could get more specifics, but I can't remember yeah. anything. Did it make you more open-minded to like the polyamory guy or did it make you just like more aware of uh maybe i didn't even put that together it could be Mm -hmm. i don't remember them talking about polyamory in the mating in captivity book Mm -hmm. um but who knows it could have made me more open-minded yeah to him what did you think of the book taylor i didn't read the whole thing we listened to Maybe one part of one chapter together in the car. Yeah, I just listen to audiobooks. I don't read any books. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have read some books that are similar to that. I can't remember what they're called, but it was a long time ago. And I myself have kind of like explored that topic like in my own personal life. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's so many different facets of that one label that yeah. it's really hard to be like, I get it because there's aspects of like this relationship of this man that he um, interviewed for the polyamory podcast that I was like, whoa, that yeah. is next level, mm-hmm. you know, having a family with kids and yeah. integrating that like that's mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. You know, and so I can't say that that's something that I feel drawn to doing personally. Like it just sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. But it's Yeah, I just cool feel like I'm too busy. Yeah. I was asking him. I mean, he was saying that he has sex like twice a day. I mean, he's got to make the rounds and make sure everybody feels treated fairly and Ugh. given equal time. <laughs> and then he also has a full-time job and he's got four kids. Yeah. Plus the couple that he's dating has three. Yeah. So he's got like seven kids, kind of. Yeah. And uh, he's got to like manage emotions manage his own emotions and yeah like, bro how do you every ounce of your waking life is probably just dealt with this you know yeah. but when you say making the rounds that's what made me say oh just like the duty of it all like that sounds like duty <laughs> it's probably yeah, such a yeah, yeah. poorly way poorly uh, way of wording that no. but. yeah yeah uh the emotional side would be a lot the kids that's what i think would be just too much you know yeah yeah. Be hard. Yeah. But you have kids. Yes. Four. I have four kids. Would it be nice to have like a sister wife to help out <laughs> with some of that? You know what? I wouldn't mind living in like a communal village of like, you know, all the back doors like have this one big giant circular backyard. Oh, yeah. And all the mamas just like, you know, it's like, sis, I am having a <laughs> sister. <laughs> I am having a shit day. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sending the kids in the backyard, and, like, if you don't watch them, I'm not watching them either, so watch them. You know, I don't don't know. Just, like, sharing some of the burden that is motherhood, you know. 
It'd be I nice think... to have that, but like n- not like have to share them with your partner. Yeah. You wait, know what I mean? Like sexually. The sister wife? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you could just have a communal backyard where your neighbor, yeah. you just have an agreement where they watch your kids when you're tired and vice versa. Yeah. But you don't have to like all sleep with each other. Yeah. Because then it no. just gets like kind of messy and... Yeah. No, just like, just like old I, fashioned, like, you know, communal living, like just, I don't know, more community. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> without all, without the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mormonism, they have a background of polygamy, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's I mean, thing. I've lived in a communal setting where the goal was that everyone was partially responsible for the kids mm-hmm. and for, that included, for their own kids. For other people's oh, kids, yeah. like it was just more open. And if someone had a crying baby and I was free, I would grab the baby and help out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a single person, so it was a lot easier. But um, it did help mm-hmm. a lot. It was hard. So the the hard part is the boundaries. Mm, yeah. Because sometimes you're like, well, I had a shit day, yeah. and I need to take care of myself. And sometimes it's easier to take care of your own family and kids than mm-hmm. like also taking care of someone else's. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't have kids personally, but like babysitting someone else's kids is always different. I feel like because yeah. you're like trying to honor the their parents' like way. discipline and yeah. their way, and then also like. I don't know. There's like this different behavior that comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's good with the kids and sometimes it's really not. Yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, it's pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So do you, do you like being a mother? Do you, do you, (laughs) I mean, so when I was talking to Jasmine, the, the, the way that this question was sparked, Mm -hmm. It's because I've had conversations with Jasmine about how she wishes that she maybe waited, mm-hmm. like that Warren was her first kid, and that she maybe spaced him out mm-hmm. four years after that. Yeah. Each. What is your? Are you happy with the way you did it? Um. Yes and no. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I knew I would be a mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I'm I'm smiling because I'm remembering like when we were dating Ammon. Yeah. I know you talked about it a lot. Yeah, like, I did. I just can't wait to have like a baby. I'm like, and I was like, cool. like, like very. Uh, <laughs> I just like, didn't know how to respond. I to cannot that. wait to be ripe with John. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. remember that? Yeah, we were so Mormon back then. Yeah, and we would yeah. talk in Mormon terms. I can't wait to be ripe with child. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so embarrassing now. But you know, like also like I I feel like very like I don't know like a very poetic and like sweet. Mm, connection to motherhood you know yeah so. i mean you like to write don't you like you're kind of a very introspective poetic person at heart i i think so i haven't written in a long time um but i i do think i'm kind of good at it uh so okay i always knew i wanted to be a mom um i i remember at what, like being eight years old and asking the women in my family like what was birth like and my in my family yeah. Except for my own mom, they're all like, "Oh my gosh, it's horrible!" Like, get the epidural. Like, yeah, <laughs> sister, like you are gonna want the epidural. I remember yeah. talking to my mom about it. I was like, "Does it hurt?" You know, talking about everybody. I'd ask everybody, "Did it hurt?" And uh, my mom was the only one who didn't have an epidural, and she didn't have one with any of the kids. She had four babies, and uh, I was just like, "Yeah, mom, I'm getting the epidural," um, and. 
and you know I grew up and it was always still something I was really interested in and uh, when I was 16 or 17 I wrote in my journal I was like I'm going to have four kids and they're gonna come in this order boy boy girl boy and they did yeah. Wow. Every time I had a baby too, I was like, well, I think it's going to be a boy, but I don't know. Like I always like had to hold room for doubt because I'm like, if I'm just 100% sure, then I'm going to be, the universe is going to be like, ha, like you're wrong, you know? <laughs> so every time I was like, yeah, like I think this one's a boy. I think this one's a girl, but I could be wrong. And then Hawkins was a surprise. We didn't know um, when he came out. He had no gut feeling. No, I knew it was a boy. Oh, but you didn't go get it checked. Yeah, I didn't get it checked. And oh. when and his birth was very climactic in a lot of ways. He was the premature one. Mm. And uh, so when he came out, it was just very sweet. I really liked not knowing what he was. I was, yeah. But anyways, I always knew I wanted to be a mom, but would I want to do it differently, like time-wise? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think I got married very young. I was 19. Mm-hmm. I think I had babies very young. I was 20 when I had Beckham. We got pregnant five months after we were married. And yeah, sometimes it feels like, I don't know, I could have gained some wisdom or like done some things that I can't do now. But I feel like it was meant to be. I always feel like, I just feel like it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, that timing. And yeah. I and I like how I had kids. Like I kind of had kids back to back. Um, when Beckham was ten months old, I got pregnant, and then when Sawyer was ten months old, I got pregnant, and then when Oakley was like eighteen months old, I got pregnant with her. About eighteen months. I can't remember. Um, the only thing I regret about that timeline is. Uh, is like savoring the babies that I had, like when they were babies, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to savor a baby when you have... A baby. S- yeah, another one right away. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I, I think that it's... Would you think that it's part of the Mormon culture to, to do that? Like to get married really young, have babies super quick? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you, did you feel influence from that or... Yeah. But it's also kind of what you wanted. Yeah. So. So those two things just were were very complementary to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like I definitely wanted to be a mom more than a lot of people I knew. Um, But being Mormon just kind of like enhanced that, you know, not growing up in a way and just like having motherhood. Just reaffirmed that desire that you already had. Mm hmm. Having motherhood like idolized in a way, you know. And, like, my ambition as a young woman was, like, I would see all these, like, women that were, I looked up to that were Mormon. And it was, like, they were all, like, these mothers. It just, like, you know, all these children. Yeah. And it's just, like, oh, my gosh, I want that. Um, and now that I have four kids, like, it's hard. I can see why two kids makes way more sense. <laughs> um, but also, like, they're my kids and... Like, and you're done having kids. Like Jeremy yeah. had a vasectomy. Yeah. Can we say that publicly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now that you have your kids and you're done with that and you're not Mormon anymore, mm-hmm. what kind of things do you think about doing? Mm, yeah. Um, because it kind of feels like that's all behind you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it, not to say that you've peaked. 
with your life observer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, no. what are, where else are you ambitious? Yeah, I definitely haven't peaked in my life yet. Uh, <laughs> still always blossoming. Um, blooming. Um, budding yeah. and blossoming. Yes, budding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I keep stalling. Um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of reached a point after we had Hawkins where I, it was kind of like something was dying like that, like those childbearing years were like dying and falling away. And it felt really like, I felt really lost. Like, what am I doing with myself and my life? And who am I? And like, and also for Jeremy and I, cause we got married so young and in very much a Mormon fashion, like yeah. find the nearest person and marry them. <laughs> and <laughs> The nearest suitable person. Yeah. Just, as long as they're eligible, semi-compatible, <laughs> yeah. you'll figure it out. Just put the Lord yeah. first. Doesn't really matter who it is. Yeah. And I mean, not, everyone doesn't do it that way. I know that <laughs> right, you know, right. some, I know there's Mormon people who like really took their time. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. people who will I won't put a blanket not statement. relate to that, but there are some people that will. Yes. I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but I, I do know a lot of Mormon people who relate to that. Like, yeah, like sure. we got married like for the wrong reasons or whatever. Um, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Just like what you're, lo- that part of you was kind of dying mm. and how you got married young in a very Mormon yeah. fashion and yeah. what you're looking forward to. Oh yeah. So this is kind of jumping around, but when Jeremy and I got married, um, uh, we, we should have Jeremy on the podcast, like Jeremy and I together sometime. Cause I yeah, want to give him that. like, you know. I don't want to tell, tell too much of our story without him having the opportunity. I know to like, that's, yeah. I always have a hard time. People, sometimes I'll get into topics of like, that are sexual in nature Yeah. and Taylor's not here. Mm. I'm like, I mean, the only person I'm doing it with is Taylor. So I don't really know how much of it I can share. I yeah. can share, I guess my experience, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just to give the other hard. person a voice to be like, yeah. well, this is how I felt, you know, but yeah. I know Jeremy felt this way. We talk about it often is when we got married, we were not in love. It wasn't like, I'm in love with you. Let's get married. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so to back up even further, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I have a really bad habit of doing. Jeremy, <laughs> I feel like Jeremy's gonna listen. Don't even to- think about okay, it. Okay. Don't okay. even think about it. I'm um, always like, God, I said liked way too many times, yeah. or I have yeah. like, I don't know. Okay. I ramble and stumble. Okay. So to back up even further, when I was in high school, I wasn't very Mormon. I was, my family was kind of inactive. And on and off throughout my upbringing, when I was in high school, I wasn't very Mormon. I, I went through a, a like a phase of trying to be Mormon, and then I didn't anymore. I like went back to being. Were you known as like a party girl in high school? I was a party girl. Yeah, <laughs> but my group was. We were all party girls. Um, Ashland High. Yeah, good times. Yeah. I I'm still friends with all those girls, and like they. F- feel like home you know like it feels like people who've seen me and known me for so long so I really value that anyway how many times have you kind of like gone in and out of the church life um so in high school I remember I like tried to become really like dedicated and like I just felt like a conviction to like um commit to Mormonism I think in my junior year and like over my sophomore summer I was a sophomore, but going into being a junior, uh, I was 
trying to be Mormon that summer and then the beginning of my junior year. I remember I was in charter school. You and I had dated that summer. Yeah, I remember because when I met you, you were super Mormon. Yeah, super Mormon. Um, and yeah. I. And yeah. So was I. I mean, I was getting ready to go on a mission. Yeah, I had like like kind of like dumped my friends in a way, you know, like totally like ridding myself of every everything that like wasn't you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I didn't feel fit into the Mormon lifestyle. Why? Um, yeah, I think purge. Yeah, I. Like, why did you do, like, why did you go back? Mm, I, I think I just, uh, I, it was like, a, maybe like a need to be pleasing to my family in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't know though, but I yeah. also just like, I just remember at the time I felt like a conviction to like, I just like, oh, like I need to do this. But I think it's the stem of it like came from wanting to be pleasing to my family. Also, my parents had just gone through a divorce. It was just kind of like a mix up kind of like everything was kind oh, of shaken up it was yeah right around then they got divorced when i was a freshman and then life was just kind of like oh okay shaken up yeah because i knew that he'd remarried recently when i met you yeah started dating or married katrina mm-hmm. but anyway yeah yeah so i was in charter school when i was a junior it's like this outdoor school thing. We would go on these long backpacking trips for like two weeks at a time. I oh, yeah. loved that. I feel the like wilderness so charter fun. school. Yes. I feel like that like shaped me a lot. Like yeah. I, did, I did a bunch of programs like that in high school. Um, and I grew up like in a place that was just like completely in the woods. I feel like that really raised part of me. Um, okay. But I'm really jumping around a lot. So it's okay. I'm asking you a lot of okay. questions that are prompting that. Okay. <laughs> it's my fault. Um, so in charter school, I met Kyle, and he was, like, my first real, like, love, like. Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. know, uh, you have a mutual friend mm. from the charter school. Oh. His name starts with an E. What is it again? Elliot. Elliot. Yeah, you guys both know Elliot. Oh, my Elliot. gosh. Elliot? Elliot Merrill? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I have a kindredness <laughs> with Elliot. Mention mention riley and i like never see him well i saw him one time at uh, at sou Uh with taylor and he like came up to me shook my hand he's like hey what's up dude like yeah i know you through riley and i know you also through taylor and she was like yeah this is my friend elliot that's so cool it's like yeah i know of you yeah he's one of the few people like from my high school days like and i say few when i mean like maybe like 15 people like that's not yeah i don't know i just i feel i've always felt like a connection to elliot and our birthdays are one day apart. And uh, we dated. We dated for like a second. And um, yeah. We always had good talks. And I feel like mm-hmm. he's more emotionally available as a person. Yeah. For most guys. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So we were talking about in and out of the church. Yeah. And then you were. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. So he was like my first real love I had one other guy that I kind of like was like my first really young love, but I was like 12, but eh, I don't know. Does it count? I don't really know. But uh, Ashland's a small place. We were connected for a long time. But anyways, going back to Kyle. Um, So I was like, I can't be Mormon anymore. I got to date this guy. So um, yeah, we dated and that was a huge like formative relationship for me. Um, I kind of like lived with them on and off. Like, I kind of lived with him mostly, and then I would go to my house on the weekends and stuff. Because um, driving up the hill was super inconvenient and expensive, and mm-hmm. uh, at the time, like, my mom 
didn't care. And uh, I became really close with his family. Like his mom and I are still like, she's like my other mom. And um, my relationship with her is very formative too, Kimberly. Um, And so we dated for a while and then almost two years. And then uh, I... um, just uh, I was working at the shop, the jewelry store, with your dad. Oh, oh nice. Dane. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, we would talk about church stuff all the time. And I wasn't going to church, and you know, your dad like is always just like, yeah, you yeah, know, like, missionary work. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I just remember like the tone of his voice, and you know, and just like, man, Riley, you just gotta go back to church. Dude, you do such a good Dane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so. I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, like I had just graduated. He was a year younger than me, Kyle was. And um, I was just like, where is my life going? Like, I don't know. Like, I know I want to be a mom. Like, I don't know if I want to go to college. Like, what would I do? Like, I just want to be a mom. And Kyle was like, well, I don't want to have babies. (laughs) He was still in (laughs) high school. I didn't want to have babies then. I was just like, you know, like this is what I want out of life, you know? And he's like, I'm not having babies till I'm like 27 at least. And I was like, like, all right, this is not happening. We're done, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was really, really hard. Uh, Like, I felt like I needed to go back to church and I kind of told him about it. And he was kind of like, yeah, like do what you need to do. So I was like, okay. I was like, well, this means we can't have sex anymore. Like this means like all these things. Like I can't live with you guys anymore. And then for him, that was like, whoa, like what? Like. It's like, these are all deal, yeah. deal breakers. And he was like, you, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you want to choose the church over me? And I was like, well, come to the church with me. And I was just like, like, well, no, I want yeah. you to come, but yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're not going to come. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, be Mormon with me. And I was like, come on. And he was Did like. Did he ever go with you to church? Yeah. He went to church with me once. And actually he like came to talk to the bishop with me once, like about wow. kind of like learning about stuff. Taylor came to church with me a couple of times when we first started dating. Yeah. Twice. That's definitely very... not in the same yeah. energy as Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I will not convert, but I will come. I will yeah. come because I love you and I guess I'm curious, but I'm wearing a shirt and tie and pants and I'm bringing coffee. Well, yeah. no, it was, <laughs> nice. I mean, it's just so fascinating because I'd studied religion in college. You looked great and you smelled great. Oh. <laughs> smell like coffee. But no, the reason why I was open to going was just like, just because it's not something I'm going to prescribe to doesn't mean that it's yeah. something that I can't hold space for because it's good for other people. Like, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to meet your family and like show up. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's not like yeah. compartmentalized. Also, that makes me feel really good. Yeah. I mean, that you're this willing is to a hold big... space for that for where I was in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a big part of like who you are in that moment. Where I'm not gonna like romanticize your potential of not being Mormon. I'm gonna be like, okay, what's the reality of me being able to accept this when I don't? I mean, there's basic things like that would get in the way mm-hmm. of a relationship that you're building with someone because obviously you're not gonna like have a drink. With yeah, me. I remember you were like, like... You're like, when are we gonna have sex? We've been dating for like a month. <laughs> And I was like, to not till we're married. Like I'm, I'm not gonna really? do it. Really? Yeah. Well, we've been I wasn't sure with him because. He and then was she was like, like, "So when are we getting married?" Yeah. God damn. Well. And it was pretty funny. Jeremy and I had sex before we got married. Nice. High five. <laughs> and I, I have this relationship with guilt. I'm just like, as as soon as it happened, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, we have to talk to the bishop." Like, 
right like like let's call let's text him right now yeah. like i cannot ha- hold this guilt and i've always been that way like dude guilt sucks stuff. sucks and two being raised in the church like you have a relationship with shame too like a very I feel like close every time relationship i talk about shame or mm-hmm. guilt publicly on the podcast you always text me really You're like i love that episode like i love the part about guilt oh, maybe yeah. only like twice i'm, I'm probably exaggerating yeah and then you recommended that book from... Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called again? Daring yeah. Greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that book and it was all about guilt and shame. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I think that guilt and shame are... You just have to learn how to have a healthy relationship with them. Yeah. How to put them in their place. Mm-hmm. But there was a question that I asked you earlier. Okay. Oh, yeah, about like where okay, you I'm, see yourself going. I'm getting going. there. I'm getting there. I'm yeah, getting yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> this is a journey. Okay. That's a story. Okay. Um, so... I was dating Kyle. I was like, I, I've got to do something with my life. I want to be a mom. So do you want to become Mormon? He's like, no, don't blame me now. I'm like, Kyle, I don't blame you. Um, and uh, so super hard, like tore myself away from him. It was like we were in love. We didn't want to break up. It's like we we did like I was like well I want this and I'm choosing the church over you, yeah. and uh, his mom was just like yeah it was like you divorced all of us like we were heartbroken it was like sad. super super hard like you and her have a relationship now still? we do yeah cool yeah um she'll always be like one of my moms um but we see each other pretty often so that was like a huge heartbreak uh to to leave that relationship um. But I was just like, you know, God, like, send me someone better, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Ammon walked through the door. <laughs> no, that was uh, this. Oh Kyle gosh. was post, post Ammon. Yeah, he, oh. he were post Ammon. And yeah. then Jeremy walked through the door. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Aww. but one thing that's weird that's happened is when I was dating Kyle, I had a dream about um, me being a mom. I had a dream. I had these two little boys, and they had blonde hair and blue eyes. And I, w- I remember waking up and being like. <laughs> I cannot have blonde hair and blue-eyed kids with you, Kyle, because he's Portuguese and he has, like, brown hair. And then you started writing me on my mission. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. my gosh, I know. Then you found Jeremy and he's just, like, a bigger version. Yeah. (laughs) A bigger, more confident, manly version of me. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't think that he's more confident than you. I think... I don't know. A lot of the confidence that I've learned and gained is because of him. Wow, that's so nice. Yeah, I feel like him and I are very similar. Like that Vegas trip we went on. Yeah. Man, I think about it all the time. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was so fun. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, you and... Go ahead. No, please. You You and Jeremy do have like a really... I love your guys' connection. Your friendship. We're we're both just very open Mm -hmm. and emotional. Yeah. And insecure and filled with anxiety and stuff like that. And also there's positive things in there, right? Yeah. Like we're both very (laughs) ambitious. We're we're both uh, risk takers. Yeah. Um, And I think we're kind of both pretty judgy. (laughs) Negative. Come on now. Oh, sorry. Handsome. Yeah. What else? Well, I mean, we just just get a... I think I'm kind of judgy. Yeah. Really? I'm trying to be less judgy. I don't think Jeremy is very judgy. Really? Yeah. Oh. No. Maybe I just 
misinterpret whatever that quality is. Well, I think you guys, um, if there's something similar there between him and me. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys get together and you talk shit, and it's like your outlet, and it's really nice. Yeah, that's true. I'll I'll text him like, hey, dude, do you want to just get together and just talk shit? Oh my (laughs) god. Yeah, let's do it. It's like really healing. And we're not like gossiping. Mm -hmm. We're just like talking shit about just life and stuff and politics and whatever. And it's super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. And we just, whenever we get together, we're just very open with each other. Mm -hmm. We just, I don't know. It's, it's fun. Yeah. We talk about things that we probably can't talk about on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's good though. You got to have people you can talk to about that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so... So then Jeremy walked into your life. (laughs) Yes, Jeremy walked into my life. Uh, And I had dated, like, another Mormon kid guy who was one of Jeremy's good friends, but it was like, no, we're not compatible at all. Mormon kid guy? What is that? Steve. Oh, Steve. Whoa, that's... Kid guy is not the way I'd explain. (laughs) Describe Steve. Guy, man, kid? I don't know. Just man hunk. (laughs) <laughs> wait steve jorgensen yeah you know oh him, my god i have heard so much about him really yeah oh <laughs> yeah everyone's infatuated and i'm like i don't including me okay yeah I, I sh- you know what i love steve now at the time though we were just not i was just like no i need someone who's really emotionally available more than he, more than he was at that time. Well, Steve was in a very different place, I'm sure, yeah. back then. Yeah, and I had just come out of this relationship that I didn't want to leave. And anyways, so um, I dated Steve for like a second. Like, I didn't know you dated him. We went on dates. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We didn't. Yeah. Like we. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't like together. Um, and then he was hanging out with Jeremy too, and so I was around Jeremy a lot, and. It was kind of just like, yeah, like this isn't working out between you and me, Steve. Mm-hmm. And so then Jeremy and I started hanging out. And uh, trying to date your friend. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah. You broke the code, uh, and so, I guess so. Did, well, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess you weren't really with Steve, so. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, so go ahead. I keep derailing you. It's okay. I remember, um, you know, Jeremy and I would go on really long drives and just like talk, and. Um, and this is where I feel like I should have Jeremy here to be able to talk about this a lot, but yeah, I just, um, I'm just going to check this microphone over here. I mean, this okay. camera okay. to make sure it's not just focusing okay, on your microphone the entire time. All right. Maybe I could like lower it a little bit. I can also adjust the focus if it is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like scoot the microphone over a tiny bit. Okay. Like that. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Perfect. Can it still, can you guys still hear me good? Yeah, I just had to take these off because they're hurting my head. Wow, yeah. They kind of like make my cheeks kind of like, I don't know. Squished. Like like press on like the lymph nodes and stuff. It always just hurts the top of my head right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't you have like a tumor in your cheek too? Yes. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I do. How did you remember that? You showed it to me when we were dating. I showed it to you. You like would hang your cheek and it would like sag. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It looked like a golf ball Wow, how cute of me to show you that. Yeah, yeah, like, when I, like, bend over and stuff, like, it, like, this cheek becomes, like, more, like, just, like, it feels just like it's, like, full of blood. Like, if you were to do a headstand and, like, mm. You, mm. your head gets, like, full of blood, like, it feels like that in my cheek, like, when I bend over mm. to, like, Weird. grab something. I I hate it. I tried to get it <laughs> removed one time, but it was a horrible experience um, and didn't work, like, afterwards. The guy, the surgeon was, like, 
Yeah, you really should have been asleep for that, and I'm really sorry. <gasps> yeah. No. Yikes. Yeah. How terrible. And he, when he was trying to get it, he was like, I'm really sorry. This is just like trying to get a slippery watermelon seed. And uh. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, don't talk. You're not making me feel better. God, yeah. knock me out. He sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll continue. I'm, I'm just going to move this camera again. I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not happy with where it is. Yeah. Anyway, keep telling your story. I'm listening. I've got the headphones on. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Jeremy and I, we, we, I know we had a good time together. But I also know, like, Jeremy back then, like, he will admit it on the podcast. Like, he was kind of a, a little bit of a jerk back then to girls, maybe. Um, was he, like, a hotshot guy that all the girls were, like, into? Uh, I don't know. I Jeremy's really super hot. Jeremy is super handsome. <laughs> yes. He's a I love real, his strong brow. But I mean, like, He's not real physically speaking, it's a persona and, like, an energy, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a suave guy, I, and I don't think oh. he realizes it. You know, he's, he's, he, he's like, just got so many elements that are desirable, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Breaking down the formula. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, I just love the way that you said that. What? He El- has so many des- elements that are desirable. <laughs> he's totally um, not forgettable. Um so he was kind of a jerk back then and i i don't know i like what do you mean by jerk i think that's what i want to know i'm like what i does don't it mean to be a jerk it was so long ago i just remember uh-huh. feeling like like sometimes the way he would treat me i was just like this is not what i like accept like <laughs> like do not treat me that way you know and I had just come out of this relationship that was pretty, like, emotionally, like, like, we were very emotionally, like, uh, present, and I don't know, this, Kyle's mom was, like, really beyond her years in so many ways, and so I feel like Kyle got some of that, and then dating Jeremy, um, he, I don't know, like, we all, in our youth, were stupid, you know, in, in some ways, what you doing, Ammon? Oh. I'm just trying to find uh, dead. <laughs> what is it? It's a power it's bank. Still, His, yeah. Oh, camera died. No, it's still going. It's just oh. it it might die later, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So okay. Yeah, it's so a Jeremy. Okay, yeah. Um, and we kept dating, and I don't know. Well, like, when you guys I are my... when you're not in love. Yeah. You said that at the beginning of your marriage, you weren't why even in love. Wait, really. Why don't yeah. you charge the power bank now so you can plug it in? That's a good oh, idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got you. Thanks. No stress. I need a studio, Riley. <laughs> this is outrageously unorganized. It's all good. Um, so. Would do you think that um, you treated Jeremy badly too, or would you would you say that? Uh, I I know I have a, like a very. Uh, we'll see what Jeremy has to say. Maybe one day on the podcast, but. I think I have a very like. Um, peacemaking like want desire to please desire to like hold who jeremy is you know and i think that came out Mm. um but like when he would piss me off like i would tell him i'd be like don't treat me that way like you know yeah you seem pretty assertive in some ways yeah and i i that side of me is like maybe with my friends i'm not that way as much but with jeremy like i definitely am assertive and I, I can be with my friends too i don't know i'm very much well i am it's now okay. but i didn't used to be assertive at all yeah which i kind of attribute to the the destruction of my divorce yeah 
I think I'm both. I think it's okay to, to be more than one thing. Like, I don't have to say that I'm assertive or that I'm, like, a pleasing person. Because um, mm-hmm. I definitely am both at different times. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess we kind of all can be that way. Yes. I really don't like, like, I don't know, categories. I feel so many polarizing um, personality traits. Like, I feel like I'm introverted, but I also feel like I'm so extroverted. So yeah. many things like that. Just polarizing. Anyways. Yeah. I think we all are. Um, but I remember dating Jeremy and my family was like, do you love Jeremy? And I was like, yeah. And they were, they were like, do you love Jeremy as much as Kyle? And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you can pull that microphone closer to your mouth. Okay. And, uh, where is the camera now? It's right here. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And uh, I I remember having feelings when we were dating, just like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. When you were dating Jeremy? When I was dating Jeremy, yeah. And and then, okay, when we first got married, Jeremy just wanted to divorce me. Like, he had, like, feelings of disgust for me. Because, like, at the time, at the time, like, I was just figuring out, like, stuff and uh, I, I had this job where I didn't always have to be there. So anyways, I was kind of a, like a slob a little bit. And I would stay at home and play Sims all day. Like, <laughs> Weird. So random. So I, I can't blame him for feeling feelings of disgust towards me. But You know how I know you guys are really good for each other now, what? though? What? Is because you guys both think that each other are really funny. Yeah. I know that about Jeremy because he'll mm-hmm. be like, dude, Ammon, let me show you this video. And it's just a video Aww. of you like drunk at a party. Doing something hilarious. Yeah. He just and he just cracks up laughing. He'll just sit there yeah. on his bench, just watch it over and over. That's so cute. <laughs> he thinks you are hilarious. I think Jeremy's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be able to laugh with your partner. Yeah. yeah. It's like a huge green flag. I tell Jeremy all the time, I'm like, he'll say something, and I'm like, that was so funny. How did you think of that? Yeah. Oh, I just love his sense of humor. Yeah, he's really, yeah. really witty. Yeah. Okay, so now to move on to the positive part of our love story. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just title this episode, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, um, he, we, I, I became pregnant, and I remember like one, the day I found out I was pregnant, he was telling S- Steve, we were, at, we were house-sitting, and we were with Steve, and he was like, yeah, man, I just like want to divorce Riley sometimes, like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. With our first child. <laughs> yeah. And Jeremy is like totally like, like definitely wouldn't like shirk his, you know, like responsibilities or yeah. duties. Like he's very. Res- I, I don't know him probably. I know him the least out of both of you. And I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. 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 yeah he's very like. Super responsible. Before he owned the shop, like when he worked for my dad, he was just like, I got to be at work on time. And like, sorry, like. Mm-hmm. Sorry you're having a bad morning, but I got to leave right now. Like, I'm going to be on time to work, you know? Anyways, he's very, like, responsible and dutiful. Um, so when, when I got pregnant, it was like, you know, we, we became like a team. And um, and then when I had, like, gave birth, it was just like a sinking in of, like, you know, our commitment to each other and this, like, family. And... Um, like we just became such a good team and also when I gave birth Jeremy has said that he saw something in me that he hadn't seen before that he really wanted to see which was like I don't know what he would say now like if he were sitting on the couch but 
just like strength or grit or like you know this girl who would sit on the couch and play sims just like gave birth in such like a badass way um, no epidural or epidural no epidural no. Hell, hell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i never had an epidural um and maybe now we can anyway so jeremy and i i feel like are very good for each other we are um you've been together for 11 years yeah 11 years that's incredible and we definitely go through our ups and downs and uh but i feel like we really hold space for each other just to be human and i just i think i just i just love him so much i know i would be like hard pressed to find anyone like as well-rounded and good for me as jeremy is we're very good for each other um but maybe unless it comes up naturally again we can leave our marriage stuff like there because i feel like he should be here you know yeah that's totally that yeah reasonable? and we've given him so many compliments he's probably going to be bursting with bursting 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 happiness so i'm really curious that, i mean i know you have a journey of this story where it's going okay. okay but i'm trying to hold on to the beginning of it and i'm starting to lose it okay so the beginning of the story started when i asked um yeah. hmm when you had kids mm-hmm. and then if you, you felt like a part of that, a part of your mm-hmm. life died and yeah. then now what? Yeah. Like what's next? So, and then we've gone through like yeah. wilderness charter school, Kyle, yeah. Jeremy, yeah. marriage, ups and downs. And yeah. now. Okay. So we're right where we need to be. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, the setup has been made. Okay. Um, so yeah, and this was about, oh, maybe 18 months ago, a year ago. I kind of reached a point where I was like, whoa, Hawkins, my baby, is almost four. And, or just, he's just getting older. And what is my life about now? Like, I only ever wanted to be a mom and, like, have children. And, like, I'm done having babies. And, like. (laughs) Yeah, what's that like? What? Emotionally. Like, that realization. Yeah, it was hard. And it also, like, for Jeremy and I, it was like, okay, like, we became a team when we became parents, like, together. That's, like, when we really fell in love. So where's the glue now? Exactly. Like, that has been the glue that has held us together is, like, having these babies Mm. and, like, the intensity of, like, young parenthood and birth and, like, we're not doing that now. So, like, what now? We started going to, like, couples counseling then and, um... I was just like really wanting to make sure that we were going to grow together. And uh, I'm like always reading a bunch and listening to podcasts. And like, I was just like, Jeremy, like, I just want you to read a book with me. Like, and so we can talk about it. Like, I feel like. You just want to connect with yeah, him. Yeah, really connect on something other than like parenthood. Are you, would nice. you consider, I don't know if you've heard of the attachment styles, but would you yeah. consider yourself more of the anxious and the dynamic i know i've read about this before uh-huh. i i know what enneagram type i am and i know what what, 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 what a two hi girl hi are you two? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh <laughs> your face oh my god you two. i i've only i i know of one other two and then i really know one other two she's one of my close friends mm. um but other than that like i i don't know many twos yeah yeah wow yeah, that's hey. amazing. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god, we do so much. Oh, <laughs> but it's got attachments I... to everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kidding. is it an, an anxious attachment style, like wanting to please people, like feeling? Um, well, I feel like the anxious is more the one to check in and make sure that things yeah. are okay than yep. the avoidant, which just assumes that things are fine until they're not, and then when they're not, you're like, yeah. peace. Okay. And so. 
Mm-hmm. You you sound like very proactive, yeah. like looking and seeking. And I would say between Ammon and I, he's more anxious and I'm the avoidant. Oh. And I thought so... I was avoidant because I always leave when things get like... Wait, no. Who's the confronter? Probably Taylor. I've become more... What? I've become more um, comfortable with confrontation mm. as I've become more assertive and more... Mm-hmm mature i suppose yeah well something i can always count on and i've talked to my therapist about this too is that ammon it's not it's not a matter of like if you come with a confrontational energy Mm -hmm. it's that you bring it up first because you say i'm having this feeling yeah yeah. and then you bring it to me where the avoidant doesn't do that (laughs) oh okay yeah i guess i guess what i mean by avoidant is like when things get heated mm -hmm. and it's stressful i can i'm I'm comfortable with confrontation when it's a peaceful environment, but when things get, like, when we start raising our voices, not that we ever really do to each other, but when it gets a little heated, I'm like, I got to go collect my thoughts, sit with these emotions because, and I was talking to Angie on the podcast about this yesterday, I I have a hard time identifying what the emotion is that I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and then articulating that in words. And so I end up just like repeating myself over Mm -hmm. and over, giving multiple different analogies and metaphors of what I'm feeling. And I doubt the picture that I'm painting of myself, if it's accurate or not. Mm -hmm. And so I need like time to sit with it and consider and talk to other people to develop a full thought. I'd say Jeremy is very similar yeah in that way too yeah um he is very much conflict avoidant he's a nine so they're all about like non-confrontation my best friend is a nine yeah yeah so we're like an interesting duo i'm the two which is the helper and i just want to be like pleasing and i want to be loved so bad and i like want to make sure yes and i want to make sure that like all my relationships are good like and he is a peacemaker the nine and very non-confrontational, very... Jasmine's a nine. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, like, wanting to avoid things that are uncomfortable and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what were you asking me again? Oh, attachment style. Yeah. I don't know. I, Jer- hmm. I think I'm maybe anxious. Yeah, always coming to... I definitely am the one in the marriage that's like confronting things i'm like okay we need to deal with this like okay like we need to talk about this yeah that's me like doing the kind of like bringing up the hard stuff Mm -hmm. like checking in and being like hey you know are we good yeah i feel like that's you feel like you avoid doing that yeah because i'm just like well until it's not good like it'll be obvious to me well whenever i start bringing up issues Mm -hmm. there's like fuck like yeah. I just don't want to do this. I, I'm just, now I'm mad that we have to process. Well, mm. it's And I also bring it up at really bad times, I will admit. Mm. I, well, like, first thing in the morning, <laughs> while we're trying to go to sleep, right before she has to go to work, like, mm-hmm. hey, can we have this deep, long conversation about my struggle with you? <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it's not to discount, like, your struggle with me, but sometimes it's like, there's not, to me, it feels like there's not much to say. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we are having this difference of opinion or this difference of experience and we can like figure out a solution, but it's not always needed to have an emotional process about yeah. something. And so sometimes when it happens a lot, then I just am like, what are we even fighting about? What's even mm-hmm. happening anymore? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Yeah. And it's not like neither one is good or bad. I mean, I, my therapist therapist would probably say the avoidant is the pain in the ass <laughs> because so would i <laughs> <laughs> um but 
Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah. 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 I think I am the anxious attachment. I am always, I've always been like, are you mad? Like to mm. my dad, I would yes. say that. Like, dad, are you mad? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, you're pretty sensitive to energetic stuff happening. Yeah. Like, like give me validation. Mm-hmm. Reassure me that yeah. you still love me, that you're going to stay. Yeah. But maybe yeah. I feel like at least I have attributed that to just past experience. Yeah. When you've had, I don't know, people leave mm-hmm. or you've had mm-hmm. things happen where you just need to feel secure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a insecure in our marriage or anything i'm just like are i just want everyone to be happy i don't know i'm just like are you angry like did i do something like Mm. i want to make sure like that he's happy with me like with like did i do something to upset you like do we need to talk about this because if there ever is a problem i want to solve it like right now i'm like let's solve this let's put it behind us you know yeah that's taylor (laughs) yeah what can i do let's i'm like it's interesting i really relate to my feelings i really relate to both of you guys yeah yeah um god it must be hard to be you because i feel like we're, we are so different <laughs> you just have like this battling opposites inside of one being i don't yeah maybe we need to talk more so i can decide <laughs> who i really agree with more <laughs> yeah no well, but i can see that too, i'm relating to you with some of the things yeah. you're saying and i can see how you two are, are like mm, some yeah. of them i feel like are just human mm-hmm. in general not like it's hard to be like what are you you yeah. know, yeah, and I feel like it does change over time. Like I feel mm-hmm. like in past relationships, I would behave differently and be, oh my gosh, the anxious all of a sudden. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And this person's like super over there. You know, just like yeah. whatever. So right. Yeah. Can I go to the? Can I go to the? Oh yeah, please <laughs> go ahead. It's upstairs. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. You well, just say I, what you do. I forgot you we're know. on camera. I'm like. Eh, just yeah, yeah, it's just we'll up the stairs, okay. and right. there's the only okay. door up there. Yeah. Okay. Goose is in there. He might try and snuggle you. If he I comes a, out, it's fine. I have a small bladder. Yeah. <laughs> I am actually really impressed that I haven't peed yet. I didn't pee the entire episode yesterday. Wow. Bladder control. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'm amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I need to get you some more comfortable headphones, babe. Oh, do you have another pair? No. I sent those oh. ones back because I'm, oh, okay. I'm trying to save up. For headphones. I also could just get my own. So Hockey Bear, she's just napping with us. So sweet. Yeah. I really want to do an episode with you, babe, where we talk about, like, this kind of thing. Like, how we're so opposite in these specific ways, our attachment styles. And, you know, would you be interested in that? Yeah. Talk about our divorce and stuff. Our divorces. Not our divorce from each other. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I'd be into it. I'm, I feel like I'm in a much better place to talk about it now, even from like a year or two ago. Right. Yeah. Am I, am I being too distracting with Riley? <laughs> I mean, your guys' banter, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't interject. I know, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> no, it's good. I feel like you guys have really good banter with each other and you have history, like you've known each other for so long. I think it's really yeah. cool. I don't think anything is wrong with how you guys are being at all. It's yeah. very cool. I feel like yeah. bad because I'm like, should I be here? No, I love the things you're adding. I feel like okay. it's really good, really helpful. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I think that it would be fun to talk to talk about that in an episode. Yeah, I'm super down. Maybe Does that if... might have a fan in it? Yeah. Oh. It keeps it cool. That's awesome. Maybe if uh, Canyon and Trinity don't come over tonight for the episode, we could just do one. Okay. Change clothes so it looks like a different day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with doing one today. Cool. 
Yeah, since it's out, so you don't have to put it away. Dude, I need a studio. This this took me like an hour oh to set gosh. up yesterday, and I was like, I'm not taking it down. It's just a lot. Yeah. But I don't know. When would be a good time for me to bring up like gripes or, or like emotions and feelings? Like in this conversation? No, no. Like in general with you when we're, when I have like something or an emotion to bring up and I, and I just want to like process it with you because some, some of the things and some of the emotions or, or issues I have in relationship that are regarding you mm-hmm. are things I don't want to talk about with other people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of a way that I develop and figure out what I'm feeling. Uh-huh. And so I only want to bring it up with you. But talking about talking about it with you, your main tendency is just to go straight to logic mode and try and fix it. But I don't even know exactly what it is I'm struggling with sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, my main thing is just like not first thing in the morning or when we're going to bed, yeah. and just being intentional and saying, "Hey, I," and uh, being clear. Microphone. Like, can you scoot closer to that microphone or pull it closer to you, Taylor? Oh, you have such sure. a little quiet little mouse voice. Okay. Um. I think it would just be to be intentional and say, hey, this is what's happening for me. I'd really like to talk about this and I just need to talk. Like I don't need solutions. So I just, just want you to like hear a, me out. Having like a disclaimer at the beginning or? Yeah. Like a, okay. Yeah. And you're not always going to know. You know, you just do your best. And sometimes it's going to be something where you're like, this cannot wait. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just life. But it's more of just like an overarching pattern where it's not happening like every day or like. First thing in the morning. Yeah. 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 And she's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me turn your camera back on. Do you need to um, plug the thing in? Um, no, it's still got 75% battery. Nice. Nice. So after you had kids, you wanted to, um, like, you were like, okay, Jeremy, let's like read a book together. Let's do something together. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. find some hobbies or something because we're yeah. not making any more kids. Yeah. Our neighbor snipped your pipes. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's. So what is working for you guys? How are you doing that? Yeah. Um, Jeremy's read, Jeremy read like 15 books last, this last year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he loves reading now. He like really loves books books and we talk about books all the time and I feel like reading is like you can experience like a different life and like a different world inside of a book and it makes you grow and like experience things and makes you feel a whole range of emotions that help you evolve and and that's super important to like a marriage or a relationship um is to always feel like you're growing and evolving and and working on yourself yeah, and just like like rediscovering yourself, you know, like with or through the other person. I don't know. I think that's one thing that relationships or do, alongside do the for other us. person. Yeah, yeah, is to like help you discover yourself. You know, and like we just want to be known. And if yeah. someone becomes like stagnant and stops growing, like it's really hard to. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's easy to like to can, get bored. To yeah. Get to I don't know. Yeah. Or I think you're really good at that, Taylor, at making sure that I'm like growing. Like I've said this before mm-hmm. in the podcast, but my, you were like the, not the catalyst, but you definitely were like the speed booster for me to like get more in touch with myself and to mm-hmm. feel like I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And just to say what I actually want. Mm-hmm. And you're good at like 
allowing that desire and want to follow through, even in small things like if I want to go to a specific place for for dinner, you're like, all right, let's go to that place yeah. rather than like overriding it. Yeah, you're good at that. Thanks. <laughs> it feels nice when someone supports what you want. Yeah. I feel it like it really does. I know what it's like to not have that. And so to be able to do that for yourself without anyone else doing it for you is like the ultimate mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then it feels really good to be able to help someone else do that. True. It's pretty fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you and Jeremy have been doing that? Yeah. Jeremy's really good at supporting my um, what I want. Um, yeah. So we, one thing we do together is we raft that's like one thing we love, both love doing. Um, and during the didn't summer, didn't you get like a certification? Me? Yeah, like you, you got your license or <laughs> that's something. That's a that's a no. No, what? I didn't. I thought you got some kind of like a no. I thought that's what you said in your text to me. Like you wanted to oh. talk about rowing or rafting. Or... Oh, oh no, I became like a rower. Like I, I row my boat. Oh, I thought okay. Yeah. And rower as in like a river rower or a rower as in like a because there's like the rowing yeah like community yeah. No, I became a rower of a river. Okay, there we go. Gotcha. <laughs> of the river, yeah. Um, so we to answer your question, yeah, we, we, we raft together. We read books together. Um, I don't know. We talk about all kinds of stuff all the time. Um, we both like to, well, I like to ski. He snowboards. Um, and so I feel like we've, like, gotten a grip of, like, I just had a freak out moment after having kids. It was just like, oh, my gosh, like, what's coming for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always wanted Jeremy to like be more conscious of his health and stuff. Cause I'm like, I want to be old and like be hiking with you. Like, you know, I yeah. don't want to like yeah. leave you in the dust and like have me be this person who does all these things or have you hold me back from doing these things because you're not able to do them or whatever. So I feel like Jeremy really is health conscious. Um, sometimes that's easier for him than other times, but yeah, he's been doing like CrossFit and eating really pretty healthy and yeah uh he just sprained his ankle right before we went to disneyland no. so that, yeah so that sucked oh, dang. how um, did he do that crossfit at crossfit yeah oh. like doing squats with a sandbag or something no not squats he was carrying the sandbag back to where it goes and he stepped on another sandbag and like his oh. ankle like touched the floor he's like oh yeah and i him and jesse even trying to get me to go and i just mm. don't i have like this aversion yeah. for crossfit because yeah. i feel like it's go so hard you just go so hard yeah and you and because it's a community mm-hmm. almost like a culty yeah. type of a thing <laughs> yeah you feel like you have to just like keep up and yeah. push yourself harder than you typically would yeah and i'm of the mindset where health and exercise and working out sh- should be a lifelong thing like you're in it for the long game mm-hmm. the best workout is the one that you just do yeah every day yeah so if you're consistent yeah. but you can't be consistent if you're destroying your body trying yeah. to the only time this. I've ever felt like I was going to throw up after a workout. Yeah. Besides yeah. Um, cycling in a dark room with very bad ventilation. <laughs> Jeremy had that same experience with CrossFit. Like the first couple of times he did it, he like almost puked. And like my brother like almost shit his pants. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I shit my pants of the day. <laughs> wow. Didn't plan on saying that on the podcast, but I did. <sighs> yeah. You just was... thought it was a fart and it was just a little bit more? Yeah. <laughs> Which was, it was karma. I was... <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. 
but I love you. But I had taken, <laughs> I, I was taking this new supplement and it's right over there. And it just like gave me the runs and I, but at least I was home, you know, I was at the house. So yeah. it's it like, oh yeah, I'm going to jump in the shower. That's crazy. I'm really derailing this conversation. Let's get back on track. <laughs> Let's here. go back. So I, I can I can handle poop talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. She's good. had four babies. Okay. Um. So you guys have found things to do together that yeah. are really connecting the yeah. two of you, and um, you're still like amongst that finding yourself, mm-hmm. and so like outside of being a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, or whatever, like who is Riley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I am two years into completing my certification to be a birth doula. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that is like my next thing that I will launch at, you know, in becoming Riley. Like, it's becoming like who I am that's not a mom. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I really love birth. And when I had Beckham, I had a doula. And it completely changed my experience. It was the best thing that could have happened for me. Um, I remember just feeling like, you know, your nurses come and go. Jeremy's there, but like your, your spouse or your partner is there, but doesn't, may not be prepared to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Um, but a doula is just like this powerful woman. That's just like knowing and like believing in birth. And, so comforting Hmm. to first time moms especially but like any like I had a doula with my first three kids and really loved it um and I really love and believe in birth I just yeah so it just feels like the right thing for me sometimes I question becoming a doula because the hours aren't very good (laughs) middle of the night always yeah the hours aren't good (laughs) on call can't do anything out of 30 minutes Mm -hmm. range yeah Yeah. I um I've been at births for my certification I've been at like a total of like 11 births I think not all as a doula but like as a bystander or just like whatever um but at a quite a few of them maybe half of them I was there like as their doula um and I've been at births that were like 19 hours long and like I, I get home at it's like shift. at like six in the morning and then you know like with four kids at home I lay down and sleep for like two hours so I just I really need to fine-tune child care and like have someone that's on call like per week in the month you know mm-hmm. yeah. um i and also a glass of whiskey waiting for you yeah. depending on how intense yeah. it was or like a melatonin yeah, yeah, something. yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> um uh, i um at ashland hospital they have like a doula program mm-hmm. and i think that's what i want to do i think i want to nice. be hired by ashland hospital to be um a doula that way i can pick shifts like oh, I don't yeah. know how many shifts, but that way I can plan childcare like much more reasonably than yeah. being like, hey, this yeah, so lady. You're incredibly ambitious. Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a lot of things <laughs> yeah. that you're doing. Well, I feel like even within like my doula dream, I'm like, yeah, like I don't know, like I'm kind of like a little li- bit limp in it, you know? Like, oh, well, you have, have your own family. Yeah, yeah. I have like some self doubt too. Just like I need, I really 
words of affirmation are like my love language. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's like hard to get in a, in any job. I feel well, especially like when that's your job, like as yeah. a doula, I feel like that's your job to be like the voice, the voice of like, uh, affirmation. Yeah. You're the solidity for this person. They're mm-hmm. trusting you with what you've seen to know when it's bad. Like when something needs to happen that you're like, you're going to get through this. Yeah. And so I have a friend who is a midwife and sometimes it's hard because she's giving care to everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and she's single, so she doesn't have a partner waiting for her to like help uh. her sometimes recover from like really intense births or mm-hmm. to have food waiting for her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she comes home and it's just her and having to give that to yourself is like a, a gift and it's super important and we do it. And even when you're strong, it's still nice to have someone there or something mm-hmm. who can give back to you because you have to fill up your cup yeah. before you can really be fully present helping mm-hmm. others in like a really solid way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was planning on being a postpartum. Um, I don't know if you'd call it doula, but, yeah. uh, and getting my certification, but I had just recently right before this gone through a miscarriage and then I was also getting divorced and so I was like this is what I want to do and then like in the midst of all the grief and everything I was like actually Mm. no yeah this isn't what I want to do I have the skills and it is fulfilling but this is not this is not where I need to go right now yeah and so yeah I feel like you might it's nice to find something that you can do that's helpful to other people because that does feel good mm-hmm. but it's also really fulfilling and supportive of you as a person yeah. yourself that makes you feel good and accomplished well mm-hmm. it's the two that came up for me yeah i was like so i had it so ingrained in me to be the helper the mm-hmm. auntie the like at every party i'm helping with the dishes mm-hmm. and so it took a lot of discipline to be like what if i didn't help would people still want me around yeah and it was very mm-hmm. scary because it forced me to do something that might backfire or like lead to my undesirable outcome. But I had to risk that in order to learn how amazing it was that I was wanted for just my presence and loved (laughs) for just who I was rather than what I would do for others. Uh Because then it wasn't, it wasn't conditional. So like I'm really the type of person from this behavior of like, the past learning to like always make sure that I'm good with someone so Mm -hmm. like if they give me something that I mutually meet them yeah um and so it's really hard for me when a friend is like no 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 it's fine I'm like no it's not (laughs) yeah it's really hard for me to not be like no I need to Mm -hmm. to give you because like we need to be you know yeah because who you know what might happen so yeah um Mm. So being of the two, I was like, this is actually is just further ingraining my, and this is just my journey. Mm -hmm. Only you will know, right? Um, But I was like, this is actually further perpetuating my own shit that I'm trying to like work out. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I, if, if time passes and I come back to this, Mm -hmm. then I know it's the right thing for me. Yeah. And I can be postpartum helper to my friends, you know, and stuff. But um, yeah. 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 So I'm curious if you'll have that kind of experience or if that's like coming up for you or yeah one thing I've that I struggle with is I I just want to know that I'm doing my job right and correctly and Mm -hmm. you know in the middle of labor a mom isn't going to be like 
oh yeah that was perfect like you said just the right thing maybe yeah. later like a few days later they'll be like yeah. oh my god like and that actually kind of is part of being a doula it's like a few days later they're like oh my gosh I could not have done that without you best and, words ever and that's mm-hmm. really nice but some people don't you know say that maybe they feel that way or they don't say that or maybe they don't feel that way and they so they don't say it but yeah um yeah I think just like having a job where there's not like a prescribed like this is what you do and then when you complete that you do this like being a nurse it would be very straightforward you know like okay this is your job you need to do this and then you need to do this and complete this task and that task and like you can walk away at the end of the day and be like okay I did my job correctly like I did exactly what I was supposed to do but as a doula it's so like open-ended you know and it's changing like moment to moment. Like you could be doing something and she's like like pushing on her back and she's like, yes. And then she's like, stop touching my back <laughs> yeah, now, you know. It just, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to know that you're doing the right thing. Um, and I, I just need to overcome that and get over that and just like. Maybe it is yeah. a good thing, a fortifying thing to just like trust and know that you're showing up in the best way. Yeah. And you're not going to like it's not your job to like read minds and be yeah. the ultimate caretaker, but you're yeah. like there and yeah. 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 That's cool. And I think, I think that's like part of being a doula is just showing up for a woman, you know, and like just holding space and be like, I believe that you can birth this baby. Just being that voice in the room. It's like, no, like women have done this forever. Like you're, you're doing it, you know? So. Oh my God. I would want that. Yeah. I would totally want someone there to do that. I would need that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please tell me to, I can do that. You kind of have to have like thick skin too because if the person doesn't like it or they all of a sudden, like you said, mm-hmm. one second they like you touching their back and rubbing mm-hmm. them and then the next second they don't, Yeah. you kind of just have to yeah. not take it personal. Mm-hmm. Just recognize they're just having experience yeah. and you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. And if you do something wrong, yeah. Um, because it's changing from moment to moment, you have yeah. to just be like, yeah, all right, it's fine. Yeah. Like I'll just yeah. recognize that maybe that was a mistake or that something is changing in the environment and you just adjust yeah. and adapt and you just have to be gentle with yourself and mm-hmm. provide yourself with those words of affirmation. Like I'm doing the best I can. I messed up. I'm a human being. Yeah. It's hard when people get mad at you though. Birthing women are so just like all over the place though. And so it's easy to just yeah. be like, you know, like not take it personally. I yeah. Well, especially having you know, your perspective. own babies, you're like, okay. Yeah. 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 I really love, I really love birth. Um, Wait, how long do you have left for your cert? Uh, I have until June to complete it. So. Oh, cool. So that's soon. Yeah. yeah. Like wow. June 19th to complete it. And I'm pretty close. I've done all my births. I've done my lactation course. Um, like you have to get client references mm. and you have to like explain the role and scope of a doula to a doctor and read all these books and I've done all that I just need to write an essay I need to finish charting some of the births which I should have done long ago but I just like didn't complete it so um I have to finish charting the births writing an essay I have to make a resource list so it's it's really I don't think it's very hard to become a doula but I do think it is hard to be a doula yeah, the yeah. emotional and energetics, yeah. like that would be the most taxing for sure. Yeah. And so, high burnout job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, because I feel like with a lot of moms, it's like, okay, I need to get out into the task force and have uh-huh. a job to feel like I have control over my life and I'm like autonomous yeah. now. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. getting back into like what I want so you can like have space from your kids and family so you can like do you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is that like a part of the journey of having this job and like what do you see for your future of like like Ammon's sister Kaylin she started doing lashes and eyebrows and yeah I feel like it's really like Mm -hmm. brought her into her like yeah you know she's so many people are doing that these days like COVID got people out of their jobs that they hate or Mm -hmm. whatever and they just are like I'm gonna find something else to do something Something that I I like love something fulfilling and Yeah, it seems like it's a really common thing these yeah. days. Yeah, I I'm scared. I'm honestly scared to like be in the workforce and like I just have such a routine. I love being home. Like I love being out in nature and like hiking and rafting and stuff too and doing that kind of stuff. But I also really love like my routine at home and I just like think about how hard it will be to juggle a job and like my mother duties and my house duties, you know, like think I like doing that stuff. I do think though that it will be good for me to get away from my kids <laughs> and just get a little bit of space, Yes, you yeah. know, and a little bit of like, like distance makes the heart grow fonder. You yeah. Know? Like a little bit of space. And you know, it's crazy. Like sometimes when I just leave the house for like an hour, I come home and I just like have this like renewed well to be like oh my gosh hello like yeah it's yeah, good so true. yeah taylor was in north carolina for four days she just got home last night and yeah it's it's very much that way it's nice yeah. Yeah. she's like i'm like hey i'm doing a podcast with riley so i need you to like go somewhere for three hours she's like okay okay Actually, I, I just want to be with you. Can yeah. I just stay and be on the show? I'm like, yeah, let me well, just check. Well, I didn't ask to be on it. Yeah. Like, you, do, you can be on it if you want to. I wanted you to be on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, sweet. Yeah. 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 It's nice to get some space. And then, you know, when you like, you come back and you're just like, oh, I missed you. You know, yeah. or you just have like some, at least as a mom, just like some energy to be like enthusiastically like, hello, like it's so good to see you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah, having that like is renewed presence when you're just like constantly around someone, yeah. so you really can't see them for who mm-hmm. they are, vice versa, or like, you know, you just need personal space as a mm-hmm. mom. Like you're to, to like this is my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You don't guys touch have been it for sucking it on my body for four, well, however many years. All four of you've been sucking off my body, <laughs> depleting me of all my nutrients and energy for so many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious about, well, like your your church exit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, did we? Or do you feel complete and content on the on the story, the the journey we just took? Um, I think I mean I could talk about like birth and like how much I love doing it and and stuff. Uh, but we can keep going. Uh, uh, because like you and Jeremy did it together, mm-hmm. and I just think that that's. It's such a heavy thing to, a heavy, like, uh, lifestyle to shift out of. Mormonism? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I find it to be such a very personal, individual journey. Mm-hmm. So to do it with a partner, yeah. it has potential to just destroy a marriage. Derail, yeah. Yeah, like with you and Kyle. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you wanted to go to church and he was like, I don't. I'm not going to do that. But yeah. I mean, there's other things too that led into it. But mm-hmm. was that hard for like to do with kids and with like mm-hmm. with Jeremy? Like, I'm not going to, we're not going to baptize our kids now. We're not going to raise our kids the way that the church is saying. Our kids are going to see us living a different type of example all of a sudden. Yeah. 
and maybe one of you wanted to stay or your journey mm-hmm. was going to be yeah. different. Yeah. How was it for you? Thankfully, our kids were all really young. Beckham was not even five years old yet. He was four when we like finally left. Um, but this is how it happened. Uh, and I remember when I, it was 2013, I had just had Sawyer. I remember him being a baby and me listening to Mormon stories podcast. Mm. And oh my God, I have my arm out here like this. Yeah, Like I'm holding the baby. (laughs) I'm picturing it now. Yeah. Um, so that, that was when I first started like trying to learn more. We had some friends who were really Christian. They are really Christian still. Um, and they would ask us really like, like thought provoking questions. And I, I was really just like, we would get in these like debates. It was always like friendly. We could always like talk about this stuff. And they would ask like really, and I really deep questions. And I wanted to be really honest with myself. I'm always that way. Like, you know, we're wanting to really like explore like what I think is true. And, um, and so when they would ask a question that I didn't know the answer to, like, I would really like, like just try to like find the answer like in the scriptures or whatever. Proof. Yeah. Like to be like, this is the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. Like that more like that missionary, like, you know, like if I don't know the answer, I'm going to find the answer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so some of the times, like my findings were like, oh, you're right. Like the book of Abraham was not, uh, this, it was like an Egyptian, like funeral text, you know? Mm. Um, so the conversations with these friends were sparking you to do more research, which which led you to find like Mm -hmm. Mormon stories podcast and I don't know, other literature that was maybe, yeah making you think and doubt your position. Yeah. And honestly, there was even like the essays. Have you heard of the essays on um, LDS.org? Yeah, I've never read them. Yeah. I, I, I listened to the Mormon Stories podcast for a while. I I don't love it that much because mm-hmm. I feel like the host mm-hmm. has a bit of an agenda and he kind yeah. of really, really yeah. forcefully steers people mm-hmm. and like kind of leads people to answer mm-hmm. a question a certain way. Yeah, I agree. I don't love that, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I do like how constructive. Yeah. And like to go back and like fact check, be like, Whoa, like he said this, like, is this true? Yeah. And like some of it, like on the essays on LDS.org, like they're really hard or they were really hard to find for a while. I don't know if they still are, um, on the church's website, but just it, told a very different narrative than like what we grew up with yeah like about joseph smith and uh how he he translated the plates you know and stuff and like like, yeah it always kind of feels like the church is they romanticized yeah the the analogy that i like to use is it's like you're on a date or you're dating somebody and they are going to put their best foot forward yeah of course in the beginning they're not going to tell you all of like the dark shit about themselves yeah and that's fine Mm -hmm. but then you you go on and you start to learn more and you get more invested and more involved and, and it becomes like this really beautiful relationship mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you learn like this really difficult type shit yeah and um it's not like it's bad it's just like you should probably know it before you're going to commit your life to it and make these promises in the temple that are like 
really, really heavy and serious. Like yeah. you're promising to die for the church if uh-huh. necessary. Yeah. But then like, whoa, I didn't even know all of the details about this. Yeah. And so I, I just feel like, like in a relationship, you should divulge the things about yourself to the person that might be things that they should know. Yeah. If they're going to invest and in, in like marry yeah, you. Yeah, but if you want to like seal the deal, you got to promote yourself and yeah. like propaganda. Well, of course, but that, that can, it gets to the point of like manipulation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because sure. you're only like portraying yourself in the best possible light. Yeah. But why not just portray yourself in an accurate mm-hmm. light? Honestly. And just let yeah. people make a decision based mm-hmm. off of the truth, the yeah. full truth. Mm-hmm rather than just the best parts. Yeah. Do you think that a lot of people understand and know the full truth and are still promoting it? Of course. Really? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Huh. I, I think, yeah, there, there are some people who are just like kind of have their head buried in the sand and aren't aware of like a lot of things and how they happened. But I do think that there's a, a big community of Mormons now who are really in the gray area. Do you... Mm. You feel 100%. that way? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have very little to contribute to this part of the podcast, so I'm just kind of like playing yeah. devil's advocate. Well, you can just ask. Yeah, yeah well, that's perfect. Okay. You need that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that some people just get so invested. Like, for example, Apple, the phone company. I am so invested in this ecosystem of Apple products and AirDrop and just the, the mm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see some negative parts, of course, but I'm like okay with it because of the pros. And that's how some people I feel like are with Mormonism and religion because a lot of the things are, Mm -hmm. I don't know, they maybe not, aren't deal breakers for some people, but for me, they might be. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. But the thing that I, the problem that I have with the church is that the leadership, they just seem to avoid talking about those types of things and actively pretend like it's not there yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's the that's the problem that i had in my experience Mm -hmm. so so you came across some of that stuff and you were like wait a sec yeah i felt very like betrayed kind of and it you know in 2013 like i feel like now like the movement of like church trans church history transparency is well on its way um yeah and people are a lot more aware of that, all that stuff. Um, but in 2013, it was really like fresh, at least like I, I felt like the Mormon Stories podcast, I felt like it was really like an outskirts thing that like nobody mm. knew about, you know? Yeah. And uh, I can't remember why I said that. Uh, you just had to dig a little harder to find it. Yeah, I felt like I had to dig to find it back then. In these days, it's just way uh, more Yeah, more accessible and yeah. well-known. Mm-hmm. So more people are kind of discovering it and questioning. I think Mm -hmm. it's cool that you were able to doubt your position Mm -hmm. with the church. Mm -hmm. Because some people, like you said, they just kind of bury their head in the sand and they're like, I don't, it doesn't matter what I find. I'm going to believe this regardless of whatever I find. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to continue to try to convince people that it's the right way and the only way to live their life, the only path to happiness. Mm -hmm. And I... Yeah. kind of have a problem with that too. I like to think that I'm like a, just more honest with myself and like can like do the hard things and like take risks, you know, and do the things that yeah. are uncomfortable, push myself. Um, yeah, I felt like I just really wanted to look at 
at things honestly, but it honestly, it took me years to get to the point where we actually left. So my like journey to like discover, dig more, like find the truth out about the church started in 2013. And then we really didn't like step away from the church until we had Hawkins in 2017. Hmm. And he was born in September. And so he was premature and, you know, we just like didn't go to church for a long time afterwards i was like no like i'm keeping like this little immunodepressed baby like safe Mm -hmm. and uh and that really allowed us to like just step away for months and like not go back yeah yeah so from 2013 when you started to Mm -hmm. research till 2017 yeah and Mm -hmm. i just i just slowly feel myself like felt myself disengaging more and more and just feeling less and less connected and upset like go to church and just wouldn't feel like at peace, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember like, I don't know. One thing that I, that just popped in my head randomly is you remember the song, um, follow the prophet. Oh yeah. The primary song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and other primary songs, but like follow the prophet. Don't, go astray yeah. you know it's just like geez like yeah. now, like you envision yourself singing that and these kids love this song but it's just like don't go astray you know it's yeah just, it's sometimes like, it does feel a little bit like it's so great it's so great follow yeah, the prophet like, but if you don't yeah you're kind of fucked yeah you're gonna be astray and you're gonna be outcast yeah um just like the wordage of these songs just um and then um gosh what's the other song um teach me all that i should do to live with him someday in the uh 80s they changed the words of that song teach me all that i must do oh instead of should do like teach me oh, all yeah. that as I... you said the lyrics the first time i was like i think yeah. it's must yeah they changed that huh i Te- didn't know that teach me all that i must do and i just feel like i don't know god's love is so much more like liberal than i don't know i just feel like yeah i agree all the the like itinerary and like the um box of the church that you have to be w- mm-hmm. within the parameters of and all the things you must do the boxes you need to check i just don't feel you know yeah are the things that you miss about going to church um no um i don't miss feeling like there's like having a calling. I don't miss that at all. Mm. That was so much pressure. And I always just felt like uh, it was so much on top of like normal life stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how some people juggle like really intense callings. Like yeah. that seems really... Very consuming. Yeah. I kind of miss uh, the community, like going to church on Sundays and seeing the people and... Mm. I don't know, when I first moved back to Oregon, I was getting a lot of new clients mm-hmm. through the church, and that wasn't why mm-hmm. I was going, but that was just like a happy side effect. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, and I enjoy, I typically enjoy Mormon people because mm-hmm. they have high standards and good morals, and yeah. they're typically pretty clean people. Mm-hmm. So I like that, um, but yeah. Yeah callings are definitely a really high responsibility and the social aspect of church can sometimes be destructive i think Mm -hmm. because it's so competitive and Mm -hmm. um i don't know yeah 
So you and Jeremy kind of left at the same time. You were, you were both on board with it. Yeah. So I was the first one to like start, you know, looking into stuff. And I would just spend hours and hours and hours like listening to podcasts and like researching like online and stuff. Yeah. Um, looking through like the Joseph Smith papers and the essays and ugh, like 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 bought books and stuff and just like um, an overwhelming amount of time I spent researching this stuff um and I remember at one point Jeremy was you know when we were Mormon it was always like I was kind of like pulling Jeremy uphill a little bit I was like come on like yeah you know like do this with me you know like well because when you met him he wasn't Mormon right he was he had just gotten baptized like a few months before we met oh yeah okay gotcha yeah um, but he'd never like lived the life, you know, like growing up, like he didn't know like what was expected kind of. Yeah. Um, and so I think that shift for him was probably pretty difficult. Um, and I was always just feeling like, okay, like I have this vision of what a Mormon dad and husband should be. And I was like feeling like I was like, like, come on, you know, yeah. let's do this. Let's do that. Like lead us, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> be the patriarch. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he was kind of like disengaged from a little bit. He kind of took what he wanted and left what he didn't, which I really admire now. Like, I just love that, that he did that mm. and didn't feel like he had to subscribe to like all this stuff to be accepted or whatever. He just kind of like did what he wanted. Um, and so when we were leaving, like there was one time I remember where he was like, whoa, like honey, like slow down just because oh. the implications like in family and like what that would mean for like for our relationships, like with my dad, my grandparent, like my, my grandma, my, all my aunts and cousins yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. So it's a decision that has a lot of yeah. consequences. It felt at the time like it was huge. I remember feeling just really overwhelmed by like what could happen to my relationships. Cause at the time, like I only had Mormon friends really, um, except maybe like a handful of people and all my family was Mormon, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it felt like a huge thing to leave. So it, it took a long time. Anyways, Jeremy, Jeremy like questioned me one time. He was like, whoa, like this is intense, like slow down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I would like tell him stuff, you know, like like over time be like, I like le- was learning about this today. Um we're learning about that today and we would talk about it and um um yeah and then by the time like we left he was finally just like kind of at a place of just like yeah like this isn't yeah where we want to be anymore like it doesn't feel right anymore mm-hmm. um and i know a lot of people who are still who still consider themselves mormon who still go to church some of our close friends um still go they don't consider themselves like Mormon by every um, standard. Yeah, by every standard, but they um, they go for like the community, you know. Yeah. And there's things that they like about it that they don't want to like let let go or leave behind. Yeah. And I respect that. I I really yeah same. I'm like really happy for people who can be in it and like just do it how they want to do it. And I just treat I wish, it like a buffet. Yeah. Just take what you want and leave what you don't. Yeah, I wish more people could do it like that. Um, 
people in Utah do it like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like a. I feel like in Oregon, it's very black and white. Mm-hmm. Like you're all in or you're not. Yeah. And in Utah, places where there's just it's so, so saturated many. with Mormons, there's a yeah. lot of gray area Mormons. Mm-hmm. where they kind of you know yeah, take it take what they want leave what they don't and yeah. because i'm from oregon and was so black and white when i lived in utah i'm specifically in the fire service um a lot of the firefighters were mormon mm-hmm. just because everybody in utah is yeah but they were just so different and i i would just sit there quietly judging them and just being like you guys are terrible yeah but isn't it just horrible that like we can like sit and like judge other people like be like oh like you're not being a mormon correctly you know yeah i feel like i'm a lot less judgy now Mm -hmm. i'm more open and accepting of of multiple different lifestyles yeah and um i feel like i have a lot more compassion yeah somehow Mm -hmm. which is strange it feels counterintuitive really yeah because mormonism Mm -hmm. is all about like Compat being compassionate and yeah. accepting and loving of everybody and yeah, but uh, it's really hard to do that when the church says like being gay is a sin, mm-hmm. and then to be loving and welcoming and accepting of people that are gay was just like hard because yeah. you don't. I would just find myself like wanting to distance myself from yeah. people like that, uh-huh. um, and people Man. that would drink and stuff like that. But yeah. now I'm just like, yeah. no, people that. You can still drink and be a good person. You can mm-hmm. be gay and be happy. I, I, yeah. yeah. So, I just felt like it kind of polluted my mind and my ability to be accepting of people with different lifestyles. Yeah, I can remember writing things on Facebook. Oh man, going on monologues about things, <laughs> just like why this was wrong or why that book was awful or why. Ugh, I'm just disgusted. When I look back, I'm just like. Oh my gosh, like, can I just delete my whole Facebook? <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, I feel the same way. You do? No, yeah. I didn't I didn't really go on many Facebook rants, but I was very yeah. judgmental yeah. of, like, specifically Brayden when mm-hmm. he left the church. I was just, the things I would say to him, the yeah. judgments I would say were just, I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm so sorry uh, yeah. for saying that, for thinking that, for judging you that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, the the policy they came out with i think it was like 2015 about gay parents and children like the children of gay parents oh yeah that was like the straw that like just like i was just like oh my gosh like this is not okay you know yeah that was a straw for a lot of people yeah and it they changed it now but um they changed it like a year later i think um i wish that they would when they change policies like that, I wish they would mm-hmm. say things like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry for doing that. That was a mistake. Or right. Because they typically use verbiage like, we got a new revelation mm-hmm. that God wants it to be this way, actually. Yeah. And they don't really take responsibility yeah. themselves and yeah. be like, we're just... Well, yeah, what, they, what do they call it? Say. Spiritual bypassing? When you like are using your spiritual beliefs in order to like project and judge and create these like black or white things Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. it's what gives in my opinion spirituality a bad name and i feel like totally appalled by most of it but it's spirituality or religion uh religion but also Mm -hmm. sometimes spirituality Mm -hmm. because 
a lot of people want to like tell you what it is yeah but it could be really different for everybody like it's super spiritual for me to just sit with my cat outside in nature yeah and like I have a very spiritual experience sometimes Mm -hmm. but like who is the next person to say well you don't believe in these commandments given by this one guy who read these tablets who could only translate them and here's this book and now you know it's like it feels really weird to me I'm like but are you God like and yeah like what gives you the power to judge yeah that you know so yeah it's weird I feel really I feel like I view the world really gray too now like yeah Jeremy does too like and it's almost like we have we have some friends who we talk about this kind of stuff with a lot and oh I hope I'm not saying anything offensive to you i I don't really know where you stand. I mean, I feel like you're open-minded as we're talking about it, but like, I don't really know anything. So, oh. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. What okay. do you, think. what do you mean? I don't know. I just like kind of passive aggressively was like no. saying this guy who read these tablets, like obviously that means I think it's weird. Yeah. Um, and no, it didn't offend me at all. <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I feel like since leaving the church, I see the world very much through a gray lens too. I also feel like, I don't know, I was raised really conservatively, but really liberally, like in Ashland, like yeah. by my friends and their parents and like that raised me too. Yeah, it's a very liberal town. Yeah. So I feel like it, I can really, really chill out in the gray area. I'm like, yeah, like I can see both sides. Um, and then since leaving, like we talk with our friends sometimes and sometimes I feel like we're almost convictionless. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Sometimes I definitely I feel, have convictions, but... Yeah, like a, like too much gray can mm-hmm. almost be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like being too liberal, I suppose, because then it's almost like we have no boundaries and there is no right and wrong. You can just do whatever the fuck you want without any mm, yeah. anybody to say otherwise. Yeah. Is that being liberal? Well, I don't know. I mean, this is just... Um, uh, what's the word? just like language, you know, it's just uh, mm. semantics. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Um, but people that, I don't know, just, I feel like there's this movement or the just millennials oh, yeah. are like, I don't want to do this and mm-hmm. it's okay if you want to do that. And there's no right and wrong, just whatever, like marry your dog. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and not to say that that's like bad, whatever, but it just, where is the line? Yeah. There has to be some kind of boundary. It's like playing a game. Mm-hmm. There's, there have to be some rules for there to be some kind of structure and freedom. Yeah. Because if we have, there is such a thing as having too much freedom. Mm-hmm. Like if, uh, if the game of chess, for example, had no rules, there would be no game. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think I that having there be some structure and boundaries provides with, uh, does provide you with freedom. Yeah. Well, originally, I feel like when I learned the history of the Bible as a Christian going to Bible college, you take this one class where they like teach you about the history of religion. So like Christianity was made the main religion in Rome because the leader at the time wanted to have more control over the society because there was a lot of crime and like Mm -hmm. bad things were happening. And so they created these like guidelines to keep people from killing each other and like stealing and raping and all these things. And so there are these, I do appreciate because like every 
continent or like culture has a specific way that they have their guidelines i.e religion that kind of like guides them mm-hmm. to like being good people yeah. yeah and it's like our neighbors who are like our religion is kindness but like how do you teach that to your kids it's very different when it's not mm-hmm. labeled something because you have to think for yourself mm-hmm. and you have yeah. to like like what does that mean and it's very different in like very many different situations yeah. like religions like okay this is what it is this is what it's not like the black and white thinking that we like want so badly to yeah. like hold on to because mm-hmm. it's so much easier to be told what's right and wrong than having to like it's very hard to teach you know and i'm not like knocking the church for doing that or religion or whatever because it is hard to teach like i would have trouble as an adult human you know you do the best that you can you screw up your kids you know they're like ah, you have your thing with your kids and yeah well it's hard to also decide for yourself what's the right and wrong when you have nobody else telling you yeah right yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of, it's interesting that you brought up like, how do we teach our kids like what your neighbor feels like their religion is kindness. I feel like that's one of my main convictions is just like, just be kind. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Like, how do you teach that to your kids? Cause it's kind of a, you know, like, what does it mean to you to be kind? Um, yeah, that's, I guess just by example, teaching your kids how to be kind, but I don't think I'm the best example of that all the time. I think <laughs> well, I, being kind sometimes to yourself means yeah. that you tell this crazy idiot that they're crazy idiot yeah. and you stand up for yourself. And so that's where it gets weird because kindness, I feel like we want to put in a box of like, it's soft and gentle and sweet. And like, yeah, true. it's not sometimes. Mm. It doesn't look like that, but like, it's like the hard kindness, the hard truth, the hard what do you call it the tough love or whatever and there is sometimes a lot of kindness in that because you're like i'm not enabling this i'm not going to do you disservice as your friend i'm going to stand up for you or whatever and myself yeah you know the list goes on so yeah yeah it's also hard when you're a parent and you have like four kids and each one of them learn differently Mm -hmm. respond differently Mm -hmm. so yeah so tough oh my god how do you manage that oh i don't know (laughs) how how old is beckham now he's 10 he just turned 10 Mm. Mm -hmm. and hawkins is four hawkins is four yeah yeah Yeah. they're i had them all in five years and nine months wow um yeah they are all very different and they're all in very different phases and sometimes i just feel like i'm riding on autopilot just like yes no you can't do that. Like just very like jerky, you know, humans alive. Yeah. Well, it's just like so constant with four kids. It's just like, like sometimes just like unfathomable. Like how much, how like long my strand of words can be like, did Mm. I, have I even stopped talking for like three minutes? Like, no, like I've just been like three minutes, you know, just like straight, just words just coming out. Like just Mm -hmm. sound like an auctioneer. Like, yeah. Yeah. And how much are they really absorbing of that? Yeah. They're yeah. Um, yeah, they all really are at different, different phases. It's hard. It's really hard to, I don't know, to teach them kindness. Is that the question? Just to teach them anything. (laughs) Yeah. Like just when they're all so different and you're only one person, but you have to like train these four individuals who are so different, Mm -hmm. but you have a responsibility to like keep them alive, but then make sure that they are like 
self-sufficient and able to make decisions and like armed with education so that when certain things happen or they're exposed to certain things in life as we all are yeah. that they know how to respond or that they know mm-hmm. at least who they can talk to mm-hmm. stressing me out just hearing it yeah <laughs> you know i feel like i feel like one thing that's helped me as a mom is to just like be real with my kids yeah um i'm a human that's all i'm ever gonna be i think (laughs) uh, maybe you'll be a doula yeah yeah. still human i guess (laughs) um and um uh you know i'm just not perfect at all i've always wanted to be a mom i hope i'm kind of good at it i i think i'm okay at it i don't think i'm always great at it I definitely make mistakes. I definitely, like, some of my inner, like, pain and cruelty can, like, come out on my kids, you know? And, like, impatience. Man, it's one thing that's really hard for me about being a mom. Probably a source of so much shame or guilt. Yeah. Like, you walk away from a situation or you lay down in bed at night, you're like, God, I I could have handled that better. cringing at myself. Do you ever walk away with the opposite feeling? Like... Yes. Dude, I handled that like a fucking yes. boss. Yes. <laughs> I talk all, I say all the time, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I desperately need to read a parenting book. And sometimes I'm like, I could write those books, you know? <laughs> um, Hell yeah. But yeah, it's just at, at, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, like, I feel like parents love their kids so much that you do look at yourself at the end of the day and you're like, shit, like, really critical. I could yeah. be so much better for them. Um, but one thing that's really helped me as a mom is to just be my, just be human around my kids. I feel like that's a good, you know, they should see the human in their parents. They shouldn't think that they need to be perfect. I think that's one thing that's like the previous generation, like uh, maybe my, my mom's parents, like really wanted my, my parents' parents wanted to portray like more like how to be perfect, you know? Yeah. And that no one can be perfect and that's not human. And so when I make mistakes with my kids, which I often do, I'm a, oh, I can scream. I can really scream at my kids. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's like one of the, just the things I feel so much guilt. uh, I feel like I'm so patient so much of the time, but man, when I get angry, it's not pretty. You really lose it. I, uh, yeah. Um, But then I'm just like, you know what, guys? I got really upset and I'm so sorry. Like I'm not perfect. That's so cool. Yeah. I Being feel like, able to do that. Oh my God. Big. That alone is like fine. Yeah. I'm like, yes. you're fine now. Yeah. Like as long as you can, cause that's, I like, as you're talking, I'm literally thinking like, I wish my mom would just say that she's not perfect because yeah. what happens is the kids learn that they don't have to be and that it's not about not exploding. It's about like, how you are aware and like come to and apologize to because mm-hmm. like taking responsibility for your yeah, yeah. and like loss of te- temper being, or whatever mm-hmm. being angry is a part of being human yeah. like it's not to like not be angry it's yeah. about like how you do it yeah. and like yeah what happens after too i mean obviously there's lines like mm-hmm. you're not gonna hurt someone like yeah. physically and like you're not as long as you're not drowning your kids yeah you're good <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's good too for them to, to, to realize like, whoa, like what I did affected my mom, and like, mm. 
you know not for them to take ownership of like it's my job to make mom happy yeah but like it's good to be aware of like Mm -hmm. whoa like I have an impact my mom just isn't this like human that's always there in the background of my life like it's not my world and my mom just lives in it like my mom lives in the world too and uh do you ever say to your kids like the way that you're behaving is making me sad or it's hurting my feelings I do but like that that wordage like is making me like I use that I say it all the time but like I do think about like the fact like no like they're not making me anything but it does feel like they are you know like that was gonna say earlier that's one thing that's really hard about motherhood is not being able to choose like how your day goes you know or how you're gonna feel and I know that it like they say it is a choice like you always have a choice how you're gonna feel but it's really fucking hard when yeah. you know they're I don't know if being that's true total assholes yeah I don't know I definitely I'm like that feels very idealistic yeah. and not okay. real thank you I yeah. think that you can g- just control like how you behave when yeah. that emotion there's consequences exists. to like the little creatures and what they do to you if mm. your child takes a knife and stabs you mm. yeah you're gonna have a shitty day <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's like yeah there's consequences and obviously you are gonna have a really shitty day yeah. that happens <laughs> a bloody day um but i feel like you know flip the coin so like their their actions have consequences but like you are taking responsibility by saying, I'm mad. Like showing them, like, look, and when you saying, stab mommy, mommy bleeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like, <laughs> um, very good demonstrative. <laughs> Calmly. I bleed when you stab me, <laughs> honey. Oh, I, Exhibit A. And now you have to yeah. spend the day in the hospital with me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, overall, it's just like what exists, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we're just being real. I feel like a lot is weird when things don't get shared of like just your process as a human mm-hmm. to your kids which I feel like a lot of us look back and we're like I wish my mom would have like I wish I knew my mom better mm-hmm. that I knew her inner process yeah I don't remember yeah. my mom like ever doing anything mm-hmm. if she did it was in the privacy of her bedroom mm-hmm. where I would find like piles of Kleenex because she would just be like crying herself to sleep or like I don't know, she would like get mad at me, but like we wouldn't have a conversation about it mm-hmm. and I wouldn't understand what yeah. was going on. So yeah. I do really value the communication. Obviously, you're not going to be like, honey, we don't know if we're going to eat tonight. <laughs> if you're like financially struggling, there's like certain things you don't yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. share. There's lines, but yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I want to talk to somebody with uh, kids that are like older, mm-hmm. like adult children. Yeah. Because I'm really curious I mean, you obviously love your kids. You have this deep desire for them to be happy and to you maybe have an expectation for them to turn out a certain way or at least positive. Mm-hmm. But to hear a, a parent's experience who, where their child is doing things that they really don't like or are completely against or opposite of what their expectation was, mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see how, how difficult that is for, for a grown parent to see their child like really just like opposite and like how they deal with that yeah yeah that'd be interesting yeah (laughs) your mom and dad come to my mind but i think you've had them on the podcast multiple times yeah i have and i and i've talked to them about it you know but yeah i don't know i feel like i know them too well i I feel like i want to ask was that rude to say no not at all i i I know full well that i I, have a lot of kids 
that I my my behavior was very much against what they wanted. Yeah. And so Yeah. Just be interesting. I think you just have to be open minded and drop all your expectations. Yeah. And just have like a general mm-hmm. I hope my child just finds yeah. something that they can Fulfilling. do, that yeah. they find fulfilling and that they're happy. Yeah. I think that's important to like really release your kids from as they grow up from what you expect them to be or like what you hope they be are, mm. you know, uh, <laughs> to release them from your, from your, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's the same thing with relationship. You have to just allow your partner to grow and to be a different if they are going to be different. And like, sorry, I'm still laughing at what <laughs> you was, hope they be. I know it was very cute. I was like, but I totally got it. I was following yeah. with you. I was like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay, I sorry. feel like Am even just okay. like, because I'm the oldest of four girls, and maybe you can relate, Ammon, but with my sisters, they're all so different. And I feel like just as a sister, to be able to see them make choices, I'm like, that's so cool. Like, they're so different. And then sometimes I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how this is going to play out. But it's like a part of their learning experience. And sometimes yeah. it's like, I know myself, I was like, oh, you're going to tell me not to. I'm going to go do that thing. And it's going to be a disaster, but I have to figure it out, like, mm-hmm. my my way. And, yeah, there could have been a way more graceful, like, I could have been observant and, like, researched and, like, Can we point that waited. microphone at your mouth? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, and so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. One thing that just yeah. popped in my, to my head, too, is that there's so much pressure to raise your kids right while they're young. But, like, parenthood is a you know, lifelong, lifelong thing. Yeah. So you always have a chance to like keep at it, you know, even when they're, they've moved beyond the nest, like, I don't know, like it's not over, you know, you're still their parent. Yeah. 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 I'm 32 and I hang out with my mom all the time. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. We get along super well. I was in Asheville this last week and Emma was like, I'm having dinner with my mom (laughs) and he made her like steak and amazing honey glaze. Your mom was in Asheville? Asheville? No, I was just with a client for work. Oh, I really like she Asheville. Went to Asheville. Yeah. It's like one of the places I've actually been to was nice. North Carolina, Asheville. Yeah, I would like to go back in the summer where all the leaves are in the trees and like mm. see it in a different way because it's very bare right now. Yeah. And I feel pretty spoiled being in the um, Pacific Northwest where the trees are green and big and lush still and yeah. um, all that. But uh, yeah, so I'm curious. Okay. shifting the conversation (laughs) okay so um life after momhood Uh like with what you go through in your body Mm. so like what is going on for you now (laughs) oh yeah yeah well it's a whole story of self-worth right and like yeah you know what's it like and what's coming up for you and what yeah, decisions are you I was, mm. that's what i was trying to i was like there's something else what was it <laughs> what yeah what's coming up for you what are you are mm. you making changes like mm. how are you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> motherhood Man. changes your body yeah and surgery does too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay all right i Will be. I'm gonna try. I'm just gonna be really honest. Yeah, not girl. gonna worry about what anyone else is thinking about this. But I really love my body. I've always really loved my body. Um, and when I was pregnant, I just felt so beautiful and gorgeous and glowing. Like I really loved my pregnant body. Very ripe. 
Yes. <laughs> like a ripe fruit ready to pluck. Ripe with child. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I really liked my pregnant body. I know it's not that way for everybody. Um, and I feel, uh, I know I have good genes in my family. It com- I think it comes easier to me to, uh, you know, I just am lucky that comes easier to my body to, you know, I don't know. Birth. Bear children. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I also like, I have done some things to keep my body healthy too. Like, you know, it's not all just luck. Um, but I really like my body. I'm really proud of what my body has done. And that goes like far, like beyond like what I eat and stuff. Like, um, I feel like, you know, when I was backpacking at charter school and stuff, it gave me a relationship with nature, my body, it gave me confidence. Um, and I've always just really loved my body and appreciated it. Um, and after I had had babies, I, I didn't care. It was just like, I'm a mama, like, you know? Yeah. Like, um, all right, my body's purpose is done. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so doomy bloom. She has so much more life uh, to live. Yeah. Um, While being in like a badass outfit too. Like, feeling like hot shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so my, it's really hard to just be really honest, but I, I have some stretch marks, but I don't have a lot of them. Um, and I'm really fortunate, you know, my, my boobs are more empty now, but I, my breasts are more empty now. Tits. Tits. (laughs) Um, but like they're not saggy like my nipple doesn't point downwards like it's still like can look you straight in the eyeball (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i just say things just like come straight out i thought that was really funny Um, funny. i laughed so loud though gosh sorry no it's perfect okay um yeah and uh (laughs) um okay Okay, but I, so I the lost... the nipples are still awake and they're yes. still making eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I lost some weight over the summer, like 15 pounds. Wow, yeah. amazing. How did you do that? Rafting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> lots of rowing. Only rowing. upper body. <laughs> did I lose that weight? Um, no. Um, yeah, I... Uh, like, kind of some fasting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I like, I changed my morning habit, like less carbs, um, egg and avocado is what I, I like. I've always eaten eggs for breakfast, but I, I like just an ev- egg and avocado. I did over the summer and I would sometimes do Ezekiel toast, but sometimes not. Um, and I would like Ezekiel do toast, Ezekiel bread, it's a brand of spread. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. It's like just, I think more of like a complex carb, right? Yeah. Just like it's made with like lentils and sprouts and like, oh, um, okay. all supposed of, to be yeah. better for you. Yeah. It definitely feels healthier going in and stuff. Out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyways. In and out. In and out. Smooth. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would eat like a smoothie for lunch or a juice, like, and just like go easy on my digestion. Hmm. Um, Are you exercising or anything? Or um, during the summer, no, I wasn't. I I just started back at a gym doing bar. Oh, cool! I really like bar. I really like the low impact. Yeah. Um, What's bar? Bar is a fusion of ballet, 
Pilates and yoga. It's hard. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah. It is very hard. There's a lot of squatting. Why is it called bar? Because sometimes you use a bar, right? Oh. Well, yeah. I feel like it's an acronym too. That might. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. But it's, anyway. it's, yeah. it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the most intense workout ever, but like, it's not like P90X or something, but it's, yeah, it's hard. More like holding poses and like shaking. Yeah. And, yes. Definitely yeah. some shaking and like yeah. a lot of squatting. Um, and like core stuff. Um, and, and it just feels very good. That's like a very yeah. good workout for me. Yeah. And I yeah. do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> nice. um, but over the summer, it was just like fasting. Like I just tried to go easy on my digestion. I feel like I got, I was just like really like kind of like bloated. And I, my body just needed some time to just like yeah. eat less. And like too, like I didn't yeah. really need to eat a ton, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just that I feel like I really got a good balance of like fine tuning, like what feels good, especially after birthing and nursing, like coming back to like, okay, like what's normal, like what feels normal to like eat. Do you feel like you're pretty in tune with your body? Yeah. Nice. That's helpful. I think that's the best way to eat. It's just like, am I hungry? Yeah. And then eating something healthy-ish or just what you're feeling like eating. We just Finding a healthy version of that thing. Yeah. We just got back from Disneyland and like, you know, road trip eating is hard. And Disneyland eating is hard. Yeah, oh my gosh. But the food in Star Wars Land, I've got to say, if you want some healthy food at Disneyland, Star Wars Land had like kale and sweet potato and like... Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Babe, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, just for the food at Star Wars Land. Um, uh, So you were talking about how you lost 15 pounds. I lost 15 pounds. Yeah. I never thought I would be at the weight I am now again, but um, I feel really good. But my boobs got a lot smaller. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was looking at myself the other day in the mirror. I feel like I'm going to maybe regret saying this. I'm still not 100% sure I want to get a breast augmentation. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I have a consultation set up, and it's in two weeks, actually. And um, I uh, was looking at myself in the mirror the other day naked, and... Um, <laughs> I like was like looking at myself and like I really like my body like I feel very feminine and like kind of delicate and like you know my my boobs aren't super small but like they're not what they used to be you know are you really critical of your no body visually no no I really like my body I do yeah um and I kind of got a little bit of emotional like thinking about changing them you know Mm -hmm. um but I I also, like, really want to change them a little bit. <laughs> and it's such Our a... friend Summer loves it. She's like, such 100% a, recommend. It's such a vain thing, I feel like. Is it? I Does it have to be labeled? Well, why that? do you want to do it? Yeah. Um, I just want them to be a little bit bigger, you know? Like, a little bit fuller, you know? Like, I feel like from a profile view, it's very, like, like flat. Is it, does like, it feed back into like you're you're the two and you want to be the helper and like you want to help Jeremy have I don't no, know. <laughs> honey, no, no, and even he he's like you know like I don't know like if I'll like your new boobs as well as I like your boobs you have now he's like maybe I'll like them less he's like you, I love them but uh, he's just like you do you, um, and uh, my goal I really want like a really soft natural like feminine look i don't want like a really um matronly looking full bosom porny look yeah 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 
Um, cause as you age too, like, I don't want to look like an old matronly, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I just want them to look like very natural. Yeah. yeah. And like full on the lower pole more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm still haven't processed, like you asked, like what my process earlier, you asked like what my process and coming to that decision was and that there's a lot of taboo around talking about it. Um, and I still haven't come to a conclusion that I want or don't want to do it mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to like keep it open ended and go to the consultation and like see what feels right. I'm pretty sure I'll end up doing it. <laughs> but... I'll put a poll up on the internet on this podcast. I'll say, should Riley get a boob augmentation? And then yeah. people can vote yes or no. Or will she do it? Yeah, yeah. Check back in in two weeks and we'll have a... Oh, or like I... after she gets I would done. hate to know what people thought. <laughs> no, I think uh, will or will she not Yeah, it's do completely it. for you. Yeah. And they're very much like... I mean, you're not walking around with them out. Yeah. So it's very much just a yeah. personal thing. And I, I do feel like after I get them done, like I won't want everyone to know that I had them done, you know, like I don't know if that's shame or what. Like, I don't even know if I want my kids to know. Mm. Um, so uh, is it because know. you don't want your kids to be like, I'm going to get a boob job one day? Yeah. And I don't want them to be like, oh, my gosh, mom's so vain. She got a boob job, you know, huh. or like. So there's a fear yeah. of being seen as vain. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Too like I've. I've always just like changed in front of my kids and they will know, like they'll notice, but I don't know. Like, I just don't want to be like, yeah, this was so important to me that I like had someone cut open my boob and put something in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. Well, what, what will it do for you? Like once it happens, like what do you Mm -hmm. perceive the benefits of having it? Yeah. Um, I, um, no judgments. Yeah. I'm just, I just, I'm going to have these boobs for a long time. I'm going to get older. Yeah. Um, I, can't you take them out too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, the way they are now, I like them, but if I get older and stuff, like I just, I want them to look nicer for longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, did that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, I worked with a um, MD who focused on uh, hormone replacement therapy, mm. which there's a lot of controversy out there about it because they're like it's not natural. Mm. But once you don't have hormones, you don't have them. It's like just the cycle of life and mm. physiology. And so, don't you want to just have a better quality of life mm. for your ending of years? when you don't have them, when you have the option, like what's it doing? You know, like what, what's the big deal? And so in a sense, it's like, well, don't you just want to be happy and feel stoked on your body? And why not? You can get them out. It's not like a total permanent thing. And you Mm -hmm. know, it does a lot of goodness for you, like whatever it is. And who is someone else to judge, like whether you should or shouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's very vain, but like when I'm in a swimsuit, you know, like I'm, I'm wearing a bra right now. It's a push-up bra. So like, I don't really want my boobs to be any more bigger than like what they look like in a bra, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm in a bathing suit, like there's no, like, you know, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so you want some silicone to help with the pushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Plus you're rafting a lot on the river. Yeah. 
got to have good tits to go rafting. Right. But <laughs> good you flotation. A, you wear, <laughs> don't you wear a, uh, a life vest? And that kind of like yeah. covers everything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very much just a personal thing. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. I, Do, I don't know. You know, like I, when I lean forward now, it's like they're like this thin. You know, it's like <laughs> when I'm like just standing, it's like, okay, like they're, they're the, what they are. But when you lean forward and they're like this thin, it's like, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something I don't want to, I just don't like that. Do you think you'll feel <laughs> shame after getting them? Yeah. Some. Uh-huh. And you're still willing to do it because of the benefits will outweigh the shame potentially. Yeah. Interesting. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'll feel some shame, uh, but I think I'll get over it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many women out there that have done all kinds of fillers and yeah. whatever. And like, yeah, there's a whole crew of women who will accept you, <laughs> you know, and be like, yes, queen. Yeah. I was waiting for you. No, I don't yeah. know. You know, they're like, come join us. Join our yeah. community of augmentation. <laughs> I yeah. I guess, I guess that's like, you know, I don't know. Like I really, I, I guess it is personal. It's just totally personal, but I really do champion like people's bodies, like as they are. And I feel like I have a crit kind of like, ah, you know. Interesting. Well, I bet the birthing doula realm is very yeah. different too around that. So yeah. it feels, I mean, maybe you're here to bridge both worlds and be like, you can have it be all natchy and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Don't talk to me about my boobs until you've had four kids and then I will hear your <laughs> criticisms and maybe, you know. Yeah. yeah. Don't let anyone else talk about yeah. They can't say shit. <laughs> I could say one more thing, but I just don't want people to... Do it. Okay, I'll say it. It's Light a like fire s- under their ass. I know. Oh, such a... I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to talk about my nipples. <laughs> if that lights a fire under your ass... Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Nipple. Um, just like when, when I lost weight, I just feel like my... I don't know. Like my... They just became like... Yeah, I'm like more deflated, you know? Yeah. And I feel like my nipple like sits like further in, like, you know? Huh. Unless it's like stimulated, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. It's like kind of <laughs> Kind in, of like, yeah. yeah. Not like inverted, but like just like rests more inward, you know? Huh. It's like, I don't know. You never, you remember, did you guys ever do that craft in like kindergarten or elementary <clears throat> school where you make like a little stuffed animal puppet thing, but you use a sock and you fill it with sand and then you put a face on it and you, you yeah. know... Yeah. tie it and then you name it something yeah. and then there's that one kid that used like a really long tube sock and didn't fill it with enough sand and so it's just like this hanging face yeah i feel like some women's boobs get like that after pregnancy and just age yeah. just kind of like a like a really long tube sock with just a little bit of sand in it where yeah. the face is like kind of looking at the ground <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i know some people who who their boobs did that after one kid um and I feel really like fortunate that my boobs have held up so well. Um, I passed the pencil test. So the pencil test is like, if you need a lift or not. And if I need a, I don't, I know I don't need a lift, but what if I did. What is the pencil test? Okay. If I did need a lift, I wouldn't do it. Um, just because it's so much more like invasive. They like mm. cut. They go up here. They cut around your nipple and then oh. they cut like down. Oh. And it's oh. just like a whole like much bigger thing. Um, oh. But the pencil test is like, if you put a pencil like under like the crease of your breast and your nipple passes the pencil then that's like you need to lift or if it's like on the pencil or close to wow the pencil. how do they develop that test 
Wait, what? really, really advanced technology. That's just, yeah, some advanced. <laughs> Wait, so you put a pencil sense. under your just boob? like boob, yeah, and then if it goes, if your nipple like if your boob like hangs over the pencil. Well, Wait. like your nipple hangs over the pencil. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's oh. yeah, so gotcha. like the crease of your boob. I don't know. So you'd have to have a really long nipple. Or just like, you know, really like downward facing boob. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it probably I don't means think there's I'd like a lot a of extra skin on the top of the boob. And so yeah. they have to like yeah. pull it up a little bit. Yeah. Man, the things we do yeah. for our bodies. And pumping. Pumping does crazy things to your boobs. Uh, so As opposed to nursing? Yeah. Pumping is much harder on your boobs. Really? Yeah. And on your nipples, like elongates your nipple more. Um, hmm. And just like you're making, I don't know, it's just a, more like of an unrealistic amount of milk that you're making, like uh, on demand every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your body's like, whoa, let's do this. Um, two, you're usually doing both at once, and that's like twice as much milk that a baby would Yeah, you would never. Yeah. Unless you had twins or something. When I had Hawkins and I was pumping for him exclusively for the first month, um, I had triple D's. My boobs wow. were triple D's. Wow. They were giant. That's crazy. You ever see those women in the Amazon, like those tribes where they, <clears throat> like you watch it in anthropology class in high school, uh-huh. and their boobs are like dr- drastically different sizes. Oh, yeah. Like one, like comically different sizes. Like oh, one each is like, one? Yeah, yeah. One boob's like well, cause, uh, high and one? tight, and the other one's just like yeah. the, the tube sock. Because yeah. that's like the one that the baby really liked or something. Yeah. I actually have a friend who's dealing with that right now. Really? Her boobs is... Oh, shout out to your friend. Twice as big as the other. <laughs> boobs are amazing. And then they yeah, just like kind of sometimes bounce back, but sometimes don't. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, there's definitely... There's a lot that can happen with boobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I... Um, in my breastfeeding journey, um, I uh, had a thrush... Oh. Uh, which is like a yeast infection on your skin. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, your baby, your mouth, your nipple is always in your baby's mouth, which is like sugary because your milk is sugary. And like your mouth is warm. And it, anyways, um, <laughs> it's so you can the perfect see storm. how the perfect place for yeast to grow. And uh, like I had like cracking under my nipple. I remember with Oakley. And she was like eight or nine months old, and I had to nurse her on that one side, laying on my back on the ground with her like up here. Her feet were up above my head, and she was on her stomach. I was on my back, and she was face down like this so that her tongue would like be like lapping like on the top of my nipple so that it wouldn't like open the cut on the bottom of my nipple. Oh, God. Dude. Sounds so painful. <clears throat> Intense. But like, I was just yeah. like, I'm doing this, you know? So, so like, why do we do the things that we do? I don't know. Like, so I don't know. Sometimes we just insist on doing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> most, yeah. But I was just like, nope, like, this isn't going to stop me. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, and I'm proud that I did that. But I also totally see why, you know, people, everybody's journey is so different. And I do remember, like, there's just this feeling when you're nursing sometimes of, like, just, like, this, like, itch all over your body of just wanting to, like, crawl out of your skin, like, get away from me. Yeah. Get away Um, from me. Like, get my nipple out of your mouth. Like, oh, like, I just want to move so bad. You know, like, when you get restless leg syndrome, it's, like, restless body syndrome. Like, you just want to move, but you're, like, stuck under this baby and, like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That sounds... You should make physical therapy for mothers, you know? Like nursing. nursing is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like sleeping, like you're always like this, and the ba- like your arm is straight up, and then the baby's laying in like the pocket under your armpit. All night long. All night long. Yeah. Mm. Arm up. And the moment they're off the boob, they're crying. I love that this is what my podcast has turned into. <laughs> like a... Lamaze class or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're yeah. talking about like latching and how the baby sleeps and just... Man, ambitious has turned into such a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it has. It's totally ambitious. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it just has become its own thing. This yeah. beast of a podcast that just talks about the yeah. human experience. I was just going to say that, the human yeah. experience. Yeah. about time you had some mamas on here talking <clears throat> about their boobs and stuff. Yeah, I was talking to Jasmine about oh. it, and she was saying that um, she loves breastfeeding because... Of the convenience factor. Yeah. How you don't have to get up out of bed and you can just like whip it out, pop it mm-hmm. in their mouth and it's always there. It's just ready to go. It's yeah. less expensive. Yeah. I, really... I guess in the end, I mean, a boob job, if you want to get a boob job after nursing, it's like seven grand. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. yeah. Plus all know. the consultations and the drive to Portland, <laughs> if that's where you want to go. Because <laughs> that's where the good doctors are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, this is exciting. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Even just the exploration's probably fun. Yeah. Even though it's also scary. Yeah. I think I just hear about like my friends' processes of getting things done like that and just get going under and dealing with the pain and the healing process of mm-hmm. not being able to like lift and move your arms certain mm-hmm. ways and like you know, being on pain meds, it just like all freaks me out. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest reason why I probably wouldn't. And yeah. some women are like, yeah, that freaks me out too, but this is more important. Yeah. <laughs> They're like willing to do that. And I totally get it. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I've thought about that some, and honestly it does freak me out too, but I'm like, gonna but, just face that when it comes. Yeah. And also yeah. too, I feel like if you've had babies, it's probably different. You're like, I have been through probably more pain than mm. I will go through. Yeah. Birthing and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, was your heart set on saying anything else uh, in the podcast while we have you here? Like, what are the things where you're like, oh, oh I'm going to want to... Because I know that you're going to go home and be like, yeah, damn I it, will. I, I should have said that thing. Yeah. Or I Let's, wish I would have... Run naked through the quad. What? <laughs> Wait. Uh, what movie is that with um the guy from Elf? Will Ferrell? Yeah. He like does a comedy show where he's like drunk and he's like let's all run and get through the quad no, never mind i don't know i'm not a, yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> trying to end it on a bang yeah. sorry what is my run naked through the quad um the audience is probably just screaming the title of the movie or the yeah. show is it a show or a movie it's a movie i can't remember the name of it yeah no there will be like anchorman no okay. there will definitely be things that i mean i want it i don't know you know there's just like such a longing to be known and seen and I know that's impossible to do, you know, um, yeah. in a, in a, in a podcast, there's like worlds inside all of us and like, we can't touch on all of that. So, um, but how beautiful is it that we have like a platform to be able to kind of do that? Yeah. Like it's more, a podcast is easier to do that than on Instagram Yeah. yeah. or, or sometimes even like how often do we get together and like sit down without our phones mm-hmm. and we have each other's voices literally in our ears yeah. and we're just like locked in, mm-hmm. not distracted. There's no kids here. Like this is such a cool catalyst for yeah. like a long form conversation to be able to express your opinion and your, yeah. your world and to mm-hmm. be seen and known. 
Yeah. Is there anything you're like, God, I wish people could know this about me? Well, I just, just want to say this. Um, <laughs> like, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, on Instagram, like, I used to go on, like, these monologues of, like, my thoughts and, like, feelings and, like, oh, my musings on motherhood, like, totally sappy, like, overly, like, dripping with... Sap. With uh, prose, like, thoughts on, <laughs> on, on motherhood and stuff. Um and then I kind of went through this phase where I'm just like, no, like, I I don't want to post anything on Instagram. Like, I don't want to share anything with the world. Like, nothing in me, like, no one deserves to know anything in me. Like, I want to keep it all inside. After my, like, break from Mormonism, like, that was kind of my experience. Like, just wanting to hide more, you know? Mm. And um, not be seen, which is very unlike me. Like, I'm very much just, like, I think, just, like ready to greet the world you know in yeah. a way um but i still haven't really gotten back into a place where i can type out a post and i'm like yeah i want to share this because i don't know like sometimes it just feels like is that like a is there a fear of judgment there yeah and also like once you like publish something it's like okay like this is like a documentation of like where i was then you yeah. know one thing that's nice about the podcast is you know, you're just talking. You're not like posting. You're not typing and then editing and rereading and like yeah. thinking about it from this person's mind and this person's mind and this person's mind and what they're how they're gonna judge or what they're gonna hear when they read this or that. It's kind of nice on the podcast. It just like flows and it's said and yeah. it is what it is. And you know what? In a year, like my opinions and thoughts will probably be changed and different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you seem to be the type of person but, that changes a lot. Yeah, just like evolving. You know. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing, by the way. Thank you. I think it's really good. Yeah. Sign of growth and a sign of like openness to new information and new ideas. And yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, Went to answer the question of, is there anything that's burning to come out? Yes, there's so much that's burning to come <laughs> out. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, like about what to... Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the highest priority thing? Yeah. To, I mean, it, it'll all be different, so... Um, what time is it? Um, it is 2.30. Okay. I have a babysitter until four. Nice. So I don't know what, if it will be natural to like continue on, but. Well, one thing I was just thinking of is that it's really hard to, sometimes I feel like this paralysis to post things, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays because there's this cancel culture and there's such a spotlight on people from the past and what they've said in the past and how it applies to today. Mm -hmm. And so this content that we post on the internet it's timeless it lives for a really long time Mm -hmm. you you can delete it but sometimes people have screenshotted it or downloaded it yeah so it just kind of it lives on yeah and uh this is just a moment in time this is is a moment where we're all really present where it's just our thoughts today Mm -hmm. and then later it can be looked at and scrutinized and picked apart and that it sometimes really paralyzes me from wanting to make decisions and that applies to my career it applies to the things that i post on online because i don't want to be in trouble later yeah <laughs> like i want people to like me and to yeah. be and like, i hate that it's so unfair you know yeah. it's like but also i feel like this like thing when you're posting like i kind of went through this phase and i still kind of feel this way um, after Mormonism, I felt really like alone and in a dark place after Mormonism. It was very, very like dark. I just felt like 
betrayed yeah i felt that too the you know by the my then world you know Mm -hmm. and it was like stepping away from everyone that i knew and like you know being subjecting myself to scrutiny and judgment and stuff and actually my family and everyone pretty responded really kindly and if they were mean they did it behind my back and so i'll never know but um but just this like wanting to hold everything in and close um and just feeling like um i I didn't want to share anything i can't remember if that was what i was going to say i kind of got lost in explaining that but um that makes a lot of sense though yeah and i but i hate that too like i i I hate it like i want to keep everything like some things close and like don't want to share like you know what's inside and then but i also vacillate between like just like being like what what's his name uh buddy on elf <laughs> you know just like <laughs> arms wide stretched just and i think yeah just i'm like, in love and i don't care who knows it yeah i really i think i have a giant big joy that i just want to like like share sometimes and then i don't know yeah sometimes. well when you're when you feel that betrayal that feeling of betrayal that mm-hmm. you you really sunk your life into it and we're very open about it and tried to get other people to join it. And then you look back at your Insta or your Facebook and you're like, these rants I went on. Yeah. So it's natural to feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't really want to share anything because maybe later on I'll be wrong or I'll change my mind. And I don't want people to get so attached to this version of me who I was then. Yeah. I want to be accepted for whoever I want to be as I grow and evolve. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's hard to do when so many eyes are looking at you and so many people are familiar with a version of you and they get attached to that and they want you to stay that way it can be harder to change yeah so i don't know i like the freedom to be able to change Mm -hmm. and sometimes having influence from other people makes that more difficult to do yeah so if i don't have anybody looking at me then it's easier because nobody else knows yeah nobody else can say anything yeah it's a good exercise in um, accepting and loving the cringy part because mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's something that we don't often do um, very much and I think that it's just like your growth like I look back at some of my photos from the beginning of my mm-hmm. photography journey and they're so bad mm. I'm like oh my god why did I ever even think that was good and post that mm. like look at this look at that it's look so at sad this. that we do that it is and yet it's also an opportunity to be like oh that's where I was and look at where look I how am far now I've come. Yeah. and look at how far I've come and like it's all just a part of our development so like being okay with the journey of who we are, mm-hmm. you know, because there's probably going to be more cringy moments. Like yeah. for me, it was 15 minute, minutes ago saying that thing about running through the quad, <laughs> you know, where I can't remember the name of the movie and I'm like, can't tie it together. And so it's, um, it's just a part of the journey. And I also think too, so like we have a separate podcast called Creative Cream and we have said a lot of very intimate things on that podcast, sharing yeah. our We've individual... taken some of the episodes down. Yeah. And um, the reason for cream, that... Cream, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think of, I've heard of that. Of we haven't posted on it in a really long time. Really I think I've listened to some episodes, but what were you going to say, Taylor? Just that, like, so at first I was like, this is really good for me. I really need to, like, proclaim and tell the world about my trauma mm-hmm. because maybe it will help someone. And also I really need to be able to speak it because a part of my trauma is not telling anyone mm-hmm. when I really mm. should have and needed to. And so that was what I needed at that time. And then I was like, okay, interesting. I feel really good now. And people who want to know mm-hmm. are going to have to earn that yeah. from me. So earned intimacy is something mm-hmm. that I, I allow rather than just like letting Joe Schmo like know about it. Um, I went through a whole thing of being like, well, but what if it helps people? Because there was people that reached out and were like, wow, like this was so helpful. Like, thank you for saying this. Like I can so relate. And so it was very validating for other people that had similar experiences. So, you know, and I still feel good about taking it down, whether or not who still has it downloaded, i.e. a lot of my family probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's who I was then. Mm-hmm. And like, I was that way for good effing reason. Like if you were mad and you said some shit on Facebook and you were like, rah, rah, you know, about yeah. the church, like that was your journey. And like, you know, I'm sure I feel like a lot of people too have a really hard time accepting anger mm-hmm. because of whatever they haven't confronted within themselves. And so like, again, it's like healthy to express yourself. And I'm sure you weren't like hurting people. I mean, maybe in your religious rants as a Mormon, you know, being like, this is wrong and blah, 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 you know, but it's like, I don't know. It's all a part of who you are. People can choose to be offended about that stuff though, too, you know? Literally anything. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Growth is good. And I, I agree with you, Taylor, that talking about it is very, for me, it's very cathartic. And I don't know. Sometimes I think that people just don't know what questions to ask Mm -hmm. or it's hard for them to have the courage to ask a hard question. Mm -hmm. So doing this can be a catalyst for people to relate to you in a really comfortable, they can listen to it in their bed or on their drive and they, then they can reach out if they want. Do you ever, do you ever feel like, you know, you share something and you ever just feel like nobody cares? Like, Oh yeah. With this podcast constantly. (laughs) You do? Well, sometimes, yeah, like when an episode gets like no, Mm. no views or no response, I'm like, that was like a really vulnerable, intimate, Mm. hard thing to talk about. And especially if it's with a guest, Mm. like I had this guest come on the podcast and talk about his attempt for suicide Mm. and it was so heavy. Like the conversation Mm -hmm. was heavy. The podcast was heavy and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it didn't really do very well. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that was really hard for him to share. And so I feel like Man. a sense of responsibility for these people to have support, but I can't control yeah. really how many people listen or if people decide to reach out and respond to support at all. So, but it's something that I feel. It's interesting. Like, you know, what I remember, like I saw that on your podcast and I like chose not to listen to it. I was just like, I don't know if I want to listen to this, you yeah, know, it's heavy and triggering. Just, yeah, just the heaviness of it. I'm like, I don't know if this is where I want to go right now, like what I want to delve into. But it's funny how like we think we know what's, what, what will be good for us or what will help us or what we need to hear. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like, you know, 
you just need to get what you get and just like take yeah. with it what you took from it, you know, rather than picking and choosing and thinking, you know, like what will be the, I don't know, best episode or whatever to listen to. I, I think there's something to be taken from everyone's human experience. So yeah, yeah we can yeah. always learn from yeah. other people's experience for sure. Yeah. That I was think- my goal just to help people who have maybe had suicidal thoughts or yeah. known somebody who has yeah. just to feel oh, I'm not alone. And mm-hmm. here's somebody who struggled and their story in life yeah. looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had yeah. a few people reach out. I need to go back and listen to it. Mm. You know, when I'm listening to The Moth, it's just like completely random stories that you might not think like, oh, this is going to do this for me. But, you know, you never know what you're going to take from somebody's r- yeah. random experience. True. So, yeah. What were you going to say, Tay? Just sometimes, like I told him, because I haven't listened to it. Like it just, there's so, if you're dealing with a lot of pain, sometimes I feel like, or have been through stuff or maybe it's like triggering. Sometimes it's like, I don't, I have to like set that aside for like a time when I like really can give it attention. I mean, it's not like all about suicide. That's just where his story um, took him. Yeah. But it's a story of his uh, relationship and struggle with guilt and being compared to other people mm-hmm. in his family, like his immediate family and how he just never felt good enough. Mm-hmm. And then his relationship and experience with self-hatred and with trying to protect his family from himself because he just didn't feel like he was providing them or offering them anything other than pain and difficult difficulty. Mm-hmm. And then that took him to a point of, you know, attempting suicide. Yeah. Um, but I think that everybody has a relationship with guilt and relationship with, I, I guess, self-hatred, maybe. Um, and it can take you to different places. And it's just an interesting, it's interesting where our, just how it manifests in different people. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what the story was about. But, yeah. you know, I titled it like, Don't Kill Yourself. <laughs> so I, I think I, I changed the title from like something to do with suicide I think I titled it something like final thoughts during a suicide attempt, but then I changed it to don't kill yourself because I felt like it was a bit more grabby. Yeah. Grabby and like positive, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, as last thought, I just want to say if your boobs do point straight down and like look at the ground, that's okay too. Like, <laughs> totally. I, I, yeah, no, I was thinking like, you know, I'm like, well, this is what, yeah, anyways, I just don't know if I made it sound like, anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that it came yeah. across that way at all. Yeah. Okay. I think that if you want your boobs to look at the ground and you look at them like, these boobs fed human beings for a long time. Yeah. And I'm proud of the direction that they point now. Uh, but if you don't want them to be that way, that's totally fine too. Yeah. And if you, yeah, I don't know, pick them up. Yeah. All bodies are beautiful. <laughs> if you want your boobs to reflect your mood that day, like I'm feeling awake and perky and I want my boobs to reflect that as well. Yeah. Or when I'm in a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah. While you guys were talking about that, I was like, what are like some of the male surgeries that we can do to like mm. augment our bodies calf mm. implants i've heard of that oh, one yeah whoa yeah Ugh. yeah that feels just i won't yeah it seems like with men it's more 
like chemical, like you, we put steroids and testosterone and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that into our bodies to like mm-hmm. give us more of an energy so that we can yeah. work out harder and, and then build this physique and also provide better because we're able to work longer hours and be more productive and ambitious. Yeah. Um, and then with, with women, it's more like, how can we appear? How can we look? But that's just my, yeah, I think a lot thought. of guys get Botox. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And like hair plugs, mm-hmm. hair implant butt stuff. implants. Yeah, like, for men. I don't know. I don't need that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Butts You're like. Good, babe. I've never looked at a guy's butt and been like, oh, "That is a nice butt." Really? No. I have. I looked. I look at girls' butts and I'm like, "That is a nice butt." <laughs> but like, never do I look at a guy's butt and I'm like, "Yeah." You know? Really? No. Huh, I can't relate to that. Rarely, rarely. Most of the women that are, have been with me is because of my butt. That's not the main reason. I'm <laughs> but Taylor chews on it from time to time. Chews on it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it ever starts sagging, babe, I'll. I don't know if it ever starts looking at the ground. You yeah. have to be like oh, 80. And if like... I ever start like sitting on the toilet and just sliding off because I have no butt. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll get some implants for you. Oh no, that's the. That's Such the a time. visual. They were just well, falling straight in. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's what a butt's for, like, to sit on, you know? And if you can't sit anymore, you maybe need to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, thank you, everybody, for joining <laughs> this episode, listening. Uh, it was really nice to have you on, Riley. I think that you, you're very interesting to talk, talk to. We went for two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. Time. That is a long time. Yeah. And it felt really short. Went by fast, huh? Yeah, it did. Yeah, did that shot of whiskey help? Yeah, it did. Nice. Yeah. And pickle juice chaser. Yep. That's the way. I'm trying try it. it. Try mm-hmm. it sometime. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. Leave a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. I love that. Good. Okay, I really want to do an episode with Jeremy. I feel like that, you know, helps. We'll I think that'll be really fun. Yeah. I'm trying to do one with Jazz and Jesse right now. Trying yeah. To that's, that seems like a good, like,